Welcome back to the Brave Podcast. My name is Angelo, aka Exploring with Angelo on YouTube. Normally you find me out there hunting ghosts, going to strange places, and uh, doing all sorts of weird things, traveling around the world, and a lot of fun stuff. Today, we're doing something a little bit different from that, as we have been doing consistently here. Uh, we have been having conversations with really cool and interesting people and we have uh, quite the doozy today so first things first allow me to introduce my fantastic co-host moshi hello i'm moshi yo on youtube and instagram muhammad in real life and mo to all my friends and family and my mom even calls me mo actually and everyone's really super surprised at that nobody calls me mo like they would think <laughs> hey so I just want to remind you guys, we're on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So after you finish this podcast to the very last second, you can leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple. Leave us a five-star rating if you love us. And I think you do. So please do that. Today, I am introducing a good old friend of ours. We used to work together. We've been friends for a little while. And I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we have a few friends groups in common, I think, right? We're going to get, get into it, actually. This is Steven Keith. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to hang out with you guys. Um, I was thinking on the way over here, like we've known each other for maybe like 20 years. At oh this man. Point. Yeah. It's been a very <laughs> long time. I was actually, that, that was kind of on one of the discussion topics that I had thought about before earlier today. The way that we met, we actually met in elementary school. I think we were 12. Oh, well, you were probably younger. You, because you're, you're younger. Yeah, than me. if you're in like the eighth grade and I'm in the seventh grade, I'm like eleven or twelve years old. Yeah, something like mm -hmm. that. So the way I remember that we met each other was uh, through music, actually. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, I think we knew each other, but we weren't really like you know friends yet at that point. And um, I just remember it was grade seven for me, so you were in grade six. And um, there was a school talent show coming up, if you remember that. And uh, basically, it was me and my friend Ryan. We both play guitar. And uh, Ryan can sing. I can kind of sing or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we were like, well, we need a drummer. We needed a bassist, too. But we didn't have anybody like in either grade. And for some reason... I don't think we could have had any of the older kids. I don't know. It was really weird, but um, we were looking around for somebody who could play the drums and somebody suggested, oh, well, you should ask Steve. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I think I messaged you on like MSN or something. Yeah, whatever we were using. <laughs> ICQ. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we ended up uh, hooking up. I think we, we were uh, practicing in your basement which yeah. was essentially like a closet oh, my laundry almost. room yeah yeah <laughs> it was this tiny tiny little space there was three of us we were all sweating because it was super small and very very hot yeah and uh we i think we had to pick out a couple of songs to uh kind of do like a trial for in front of some of the teachers and principals and whatever and i remember we picked the used buried myself alive yeah and then we also picked a song from nirvana and it was probably a very poor choice to pick do you remember the song uh, we played polly yeah polly. that was probably a really bad yes. idea to be honest but, but we wanted like a slower yeah something more different. chill song yeah, yeah. and i think it's have a couple different options but yeah. we ended up performing buried myself alive and um 
the performance was a lot of fun very nerve-wracking because i don't think any of us had ever done anything like that before no i think that was like the probably the first time any of us had like played in front of oh yeah someone that wasn't our family yeah exactly that was was pretty crazy it was literally pretty much the whole well i mean whoever bought tickets but it was pretty much the whole school so you had like two three hundred people yeah like the school gym and any kid who was in the show all of their parents and their grandparents or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's just like they weren't there to see like rock music but it was like an actual crowd yeah to to play to for (laughs) the first time so it was cool and it was it was funny too because it was like i mean the used that specific song was like pretty heavy like in your face right it's a very loud song um the guitar riff is kind of difficult to play so the way that we did it was i ended up doing lead vocals and i mean i guess my singing is decent but it's nothing like spectacular or anything like that and then i played rhythm guitar which made no sense because the actual band only plays with one guitar so it wasn't even necessary but i kind of felt more comfortable playing guitar and singing at the same time rather than just being a vocalist but what happened was i don't know if you remember this so it was me and ryan were both on the stage and uh, because we had to set up your drum kit beforehand your drum kit was at the base like under on the the main floor of the gym to the left of the stage Yeah. yeah so um right before the show or right before we went on they literally announced us and then what was like I think the power bar, everything that we had plugged in for all of our amps and all the microphones were not on. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, how are we going to perform this song? So I had to literally like the curtains are literally opening and you just see (laughs) me running to the side of the stage, clicking, like looking to see what was going on and then finding out that the power bar wasn't even turned on, which they were supposed to do for us. And then I had to like run back and I'm just like all flustered at this point. The song, you guys had already started playing. Yeah, we're already playing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because thankfully, like there's no vocals right away. It, you play that one main guitar riff. Yeah, it's like chorus without any vocals. Yeah. For the first like four bars, yeah, yeah exactly. But so I, I remember watching watching that back because my parents like took a video of it. Yeah, yeah, so I remember you know just watching, and you you come out, you start playing, you're like unplug your thing, replug your yeah. thing, you like run off to yeah. the outside. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, you guys messed us up, yeah. no. <laughs> but it was fun. Every, everybody actually like really liked it, and then everybody became like a huge used fan after nice. it, like in our school. Everybody suddenly started listening to. Uh, you know, rock music, hardcore, punk, all that kind of stuff. When before that, it was very like, gen- if anybody listened to rock, it was very like generic type of yeah type of rock. Just you're, yeah. uh, you're pioneers for your school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the talent shows were cool, but it was always someone who did like some choreographed dance that ended up mm-hmm. winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah like of course. The, the singing girl. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we got like honorable mention or something. I don't even know. I think was we got it? like third or second so, at least. Yeah. I, the weird. Thing was that it was even like some sort of competition which didn't even really like make sense if it's just a talent show you're just like i don't know whatever but it was fun um i remember before before the actual show um that was the first time i ever put makeup on my face there was a bunch of girls oh. so we were like it was just like mascara eyeliner that yeah. sort of thing just to nice. kind of you know the whole emo thing yeah <laughs> the whole like mcr kind of kind of vibe right so um and i remember at the time because i have like really blonde hair and my mom would never let me dye my hair and i always wanted to dye it black and for some reason she always had this 
belief that if you dye your hair black, it'll never be the same ever again, mm. which literally makes no sense because once <laughs> it grows out, you just cut it and you yeah, know, you your, have your, your natural normal. hair yeah, just exactly. grows back in. Yeah. So I'm just like, what are, what are you talking about? I think about? at that time I had red hair. I think so. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yes, I think I remember that. Oh my God. If, if we could find pictures one like day. Like blood red hair. Yeah. <laughs> we need to see this video. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, as I was telling you guys when I got here, I, uh, I have all this old stuff from uh, my mom's house that I need to go through. So there's a bunch of old like family videos and stuff in there. So mm-hmm. if I find oh, uh, if I find Send our talent show performance, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll upload it as like an unlisted video to yeah. my channel and I'll send nice. you a link or something. So <clears throat> that's cool. Yeah, it'd be really funny to see if you if you actually do have it because I was curious about that even it, before the show and then yeah. I just completely like forgot about it. I'm like, oh my god, that'd be so yeah, funny. To it's got to be somewhere. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, that's how that all started. And then we kind of just stayed friends after that. And then we kind of all like um, moved around like amongst different bands. And um, you got hooked up with some of the other guys later on, later on, I think with like Ryan, Fabian and all those people. Going going through high school and doing the whole band thing with everybody like drummer. I don't know if it's the same at everyone's high school, but drummers seem to be like rare yeah very they're, rare. they're very scarce it's hard to mm-hmm. find a drummer so it was especially like, a good drummer that's the thing yeah there's drummers but they're not very good right steven was fantastic very <laughs> yeah. but at a young age that's the thing right because when you were like 11 12 you could literally beat the shit out of those, those yeah. drums for a little kid right yeah so and i, I mean went... you're not exactly the biggest dude on the block right so. no but yeah because i was like the only drummer i ended up playing in all sorts of bands whether they weren't serious or not and mm-hmm. uh you know eventually you kind of you kind of find the ones that are willing to actually take it a little bit more seriously yeah yeah for sure but yeah i was um in grade two when i started taking drum lessons i was like seven or eight years mm-hmm. old so i've been playing drums for more than half my life <laughs> yeah and you still you still play to this day right not somewhat yeah not a little bit here and there. not really it's been a couple of years um since i played so mm-hmm. you know the other week i i rented out some time at this rehearsal space down the road um like bands can go when i was there like it sounded like some somebody was recording like um like a hip-hop uh like a hip-hop album or something yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like they so I guess anyone can go and rent the studios out and do whatever they want uh, mm-hmm. and they have just like uh, a basic drum kit and like all sorts of amps and whatever so I went I brought my my cymbals and uh, put on some tunes and just uh, jammed some drums for a couple hours and it was like the first time I played drums in in years so yeah. it felt good but um, what I wanted to do was they had the PA system, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to play my music through through the amps, so it'd be like super super loud. Because mm-hmm. even if you have the headphones on and you got like your your Spotify volume up like all the way, mm-hmm. when you start playing drums, the drums are louder than the the, yeah. the, the earbuds. Right. So like I wanted to blast it over the the PA, but mm-hmm. like. I had all these little cables and dongles, but I just didn't have the the one that I needed to, right. to plug it into the PA. So I was like, I didn't get that that full experience I was looking for, yeah. but it was like, 
It's my first time going to one of these places. So, so what is it? What is it like going to one of those? Is it just like a like a small room that you just go into and it's like soundproof? You could just do literally whatever you want. Yeah, like crank it up. They had like um, it was a pretty big room, mm -hmm. and they had like uh, you know the the half cabs or whatever you call them. They had the cabs with the heads, mm -hmm. and like two or three of those. They had a bunch of mics. They had a whole uh soundboard and PA system. So like. Um, if if you had a band and you wanted to go practice, all you would need to do is bring like your guitars, mm -hmm. and that's it. Like they nice. have everything there. It was right. like um, just plug and go, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was a really nice, uh, nice room, and it was it was only like um, like fifty bucks an hour or something. So like a uh, hundred bucks for the the two hours I was there. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good for like bands that don't really have like you know space and whatever right just kind of go in there do your rehearsal for a couple hours get yeah. ready for your next show or whether you're working on like you know an album coming up or whatever it might be yeah or um, especially if you're like out of town if you're touring or something and you want to practice or jam mm -hmm. seems convenient yeah. you know yeah it is cool definitely you, you play you play any any Anytime recently? Me? Yeah. No, dude. I haven't. I've. I think my career is over. My music career <laughs> has ended. Um, my guitar has been sitting in my basement for years now. I kind of got back into it years ago, but I've been so busy. I just don't have the time. Right? Like I'm always constantly busy doing something whether it's working here on the podcast getting content ready yeah. for youtube and and it's like like i'm on a serious grind so on that point i basically took my guitar and said hey this would look really cool in the podcast studio and now it's literally yeah. right there on the wall nice little decoration right it yep. looks it looks cool like the color kind of blends in with everything else and i don't know it just kind of fit in very well yeah um maybe one day i'll probably get another guitar just something that maybe i can um, play at home maybe just an acoustic or something just to kind of have a little bit of fun um but it's kind of like riding a bike though like as soon as you i was uh, literally right? about to ask you like is guitar like you never forget how to play it for the most part i think um certain songs you'll forget initially but as soon as you start like getting and doing it over and over. so if you remember like probably when you were younger and just learning how to do certain songs you would probably have to play the song like 150 to 200 times before you could master it depending on the difficulty of the song and same thing for guitar it's kind of just like muscle memory yeah. remembering where you know the chords where your fingers are supposed to go and at first if you haven't played a certain song in years you might you know muck it up at first yeah. but then eventually you'll remember where it goes or you can you know look it up online and find the uh the the what was it tabs guitar tabs yeah, yeah i think guitar tabs when i was growing up was like the thing where it's literally just numbers on the strings and it shows you where <laughs> to put your fingers essentially yeah. right um but yeah so it, it is kind of like muscle memory but i haven't i wouldn't know at this point because i haven't done it in such a long period of time yeah um but yeah and then i still have like a half like i was telling you before i have a half stack like this massive amp that's like i don't know four feet tall with the head and everything and it's a great amp and it cost a lot of money back in the day mm -hmm. and i bought it thinking i actually had a future in music and it's just been sitting there for years i had it it broke at one point i had it repaired uh before remember musician's choice i think you worked there didn't you no no, or no you were... but i frequented that store <laughs> yeah, well yeah because they had that like a really good drumming section yeah. right so um but yeah i had it repaired and then it's literally just been sitting there ever since at home and i don't know what to do with it whether i'm just going to sell it soon just to get it out of my face because it's massive and it takes up a lot of space but yeah i don't know 
but yeah it was a it was a fun time back especially in high school i remember doing like a lot of random shows um and the funniest thing was i remember we were having a party at uh, you remember marvin Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in a band with this guy Marvin and a bunch of other people and Marvin was a drummer but he was still kind of like noobish like he was still kind of just learning and he could play certain songs and he was okay um, but then there was one song that he couldn't play but we really wanted to do it I think it was uh, from first to last note to self oh, and yeah. it was so fast that he couldn't he couldn't do it he couldn't pull the song off and Steve was actually at the party I'm like yo Steve you want to come play note to self? Yeah. He's like, hell yeah. I'm like, all right, jump on the on the, the kit. And he just, we killed it. We yeah. actually just demolished it. So, And that and was with Ryan, who could actually legitimately scream de- relatively yeah. decently. And that's too. one of those songs that I never really, like, learned. Mm-hmm. learned. But, like, when you, when you just learn uh, by ear, like, mm-hmm. by listening, uh, and you listen to an album so many times, you kind of just, like, start kind of playing the song, right. like, in your head or, like on your lap when you're on the bus or whatever you're like imagining the movements right? and then yeah so like once uh once you actually like get on the kit you're kind of like you can kind of like imagine the song as you're playing through it like in your head so mm-hmm. it's like you kind of know it without ever having played it before just because you've heard it so many times you know wow. what the drum parts are yeah so it's like you might not have all the exact little bells and whistles on the little fills and intricate little parts but like you you got like all the transitions down mm-hmm. and stuff like that just from you know like listening to it a billion times so i think that's that's that was always super fun about uh you know just playing by ear oh yeah for sure you ever um, pick up any instruments mo nope I, I did drum lessons with our friend amrit twice yeah. yeah i remember that you bought you bought an electronic drum kit oh i right? did you oh did i forgot about point. that yeah. i, I bought an electronic you know drum was. kit once you know what it was is that we went to a show um and i think it was a band that steve was in and you were just inspired oh uh, hell yeah you're just absolutely inspired. yeah you know guys there's, there's, there was this band <laughs> they, they don't play anymore it was called from uh my god i was about to say i don't even remember first your name. I was about to say from first to last. It was called Breathe Beneath, and I loved going to their shows in Brampton, and I miss them so much. It may be a band that Steve was a part of. The base, the basement. I remember the basement party, and um, and then there was a couple of All Stars shows. I was gonna say two did. or three shows at All Stars. There was so many shows at All Stars. <laughs> that was like the spot. Right. They just like had a show every Friday or every Saturday. Yeah. So on the previous show, we were talking about, I brought up, there was a club that a lot of bands used to uh, perform at. And it was on Queen Queen Street and Bramley. Um, do you remember that place? What was the, the hype. name? The Hype. Is that what it was called? Oh, the my hype. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember that place? Yeah. Dude, that was like crackhead central like it was <laughs> that place was really yeah fat. i remember i i went to like one of my first ever like shows there like local shows and literally like a week or two later they closed the place down right and yeah. one, the show that i was at like a fight broke out mm-hmm. security had to like escort people oh, out like nice. it was just not a good neighborhood no <laughs> no that was that was a rough place and then it closed down and then it turned into the club on queen i think yes for a period of time yes. and then after that i don't even i think it turned into something else for like it a very short into period of time town talk town talk um, yeah yeah <laughs> 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 it just closed down completely and they demolished the whole building just like flattened Oh, well. so yeah um in terms of music what got you into music in general like where did you start off when it came to like your musical interests i 
it's it's weird but it's it's probably like the church the church be, yeah to be mm -hmm. honest like um i grew up going to this pentecostal church and uh uh i don't know if it's this way at every pentecostal church because i've went to different churches of different denominations mm -hmm. and they're all different but yeah. uh the one i went to they're like very very big on on the music so like the first hour first 45 minutes they're just doing you know the worship songs but like they are they were really really good like the drummer is phenomenal uh the youth pastor is the guy that like plays uh the piano they got like a bassist sometimes they would have like this lady with like a harp like they would they wow. would like go balls to the wall with the music at this church yeah. so uh, this it's probably it's probably where like the love started and then like my dad always liked music so he was mm -hmm. always playing like these christian rock bands <laughs> my dad was big on the church yeah, and yeah. uh so um yeah ever since i was little he would take me to concerts i remember i have i don't have the memory because uh i was asleep at the concert mm -hmm. but my dad tells me there was this show that we went to and uh the drummer like he was on this platform and the platform like lifted up and started like spinning around and like the drummer was basically like wow. 90 degrees oh, wow. like spinning around drumming and like i was just asleep for the whole thing. <laughs> just like a four or five year old just snoozing while like this huge concert is going on yeah around me, that know? sounds like a slipknot show though wasn't or it or uh, travis uh, barker um did he do the same thing yeah Many times. yeah joey would do that joey, kind of that's stuff. What, yeah, yeah. joey jordison yeah. would do the exact same thing that was like one of the craziest things i've ever seen where it was because he was on like that platform he's like strapped in he's yeah. just going crazy yeah. on all these i'm like oh this is uh this is something um but after that so you started out with in the church um and then yeah, i think music has just always been a part of my household you yeah know? yeah that's good um, yeah, I think music is just, it's, I don't know, it just speaks to people in a different way. There's such like a different variety of music that people are interested in. Um, and then later on, you started to get into, uh, you know, heavier types of rock music, whether it was hardcore, post-hardcore, emo type of stuff. Um, how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, uh, so I have an older, an older sibling and they were really into uh lincoln park mm. i think they were they were just getting into high school and i was like four years younger than them uh so like hybrid theory right. had, had probably just come out and then a couple of years later meteora so they were really into lincoln park so i think i remember in like grade seven and eight me and my buddy keith mm -hmm. we were like like the two like biggest lincoln park fans ever and we would just <laughs> like rap the songs like back and forth to each other and and I think from there, like getting into the other bands, uh, you know, just playing with other people kind of expanded your music interests. Like the band, uh, one of the earlier bands I was in throughout like grade nine, the early parts of high school with Ryan and, and Peter and, and Fabian, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Ryan loved like the pop punk and like the more, you know, Blink, no, yeah, Sum 41. you know, punk music. Yeah. And then we got uh, Peter, our other guitarist, who's like into the black metal. Oh like, my God, behemoth. Yeah, the yeah, most I like, that. darkest, yeah. grungiest. You can't even understand what the guy's saying because he's just squealing like a yeah. pig the whole time. And it's like, I, I, to this day, I can't even get into that. But it's yeah. like those kind I of... I tried, but... Yeah, yeah, and it's like, that's the thing. You you meet these people who like, they they feel so passionate about mm -hmm. this stuff. So like, you, you give it a shot, you know, you try it, so eventually um uh i kind of found 
you know, the exact kind of flavor of heaviness that I like. It's not mm-hmm. exactly the black metal, but yeah. I, I do like uh, the heavier, the heavier stuff. Yeah, it's just a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. It's just different. Hits different. Yeah. Right. It's like a good combination of actual vocals that you can actually understand what they're saying instead of like you said screaming the entire yeah. time. Um, like I remember trying to listen to band like after meeting Peter after trying to listen to bands that were like. Uh, like Opeth and right. Ramona Mars. Yeah, and, wow. and it was just like, yeah. like what? How do you guys listen to this? And I had you remember my cousin. He was into that stuff mm-hmm. too. I mean, he was into other types of metal as well. But his like main like bread and butter for him when it came to music was exactly stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then I think he ended up getting involved in some other band. And unfortunately, now we don't talk anymore because he's a dick. But um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's. It, what it is with that but um yeah so i guess and then later on um i think we all would periodically go to show. i mean me and you went to sh- so many, many shows, shows but the yeah. one show i remember going to steve with mm-hmm. is the final dead and divine show right oh my god yeah, yeah in that toronto doozy. i didn't yeah. even really know that band that no, well but you then, came with me because i wanted to go <laughs> right yeah it was a good time though they, yeah. they played really well it's unfortunate yeah. that they stopped playing but yeah. did they ever get back together or there was no. pretty much no and like every now and then i'll be listening to like spotify <laughs> and like it'll get through you know my my on repeat playlist and just start kind of shuffling into related things and like a mm-hmm. dead and divine song will come on and i'm just <sighs> like oh my heart <laughs> my heart and they don't Stop have it. the machines we are on spotify it really upsets me they don't no i'm pretty sure they do no i looked well i looked like within the last Ooh. two weeks i was looking for neon jesus and I, yeah that's not there oh my God. i'm i'm pretty sure i yeah. gotta show you i'm yeah. pretty All sure right. it's maybe it's saved on your phone you yeah. can play it from there actually oh maybe maybe i have uh maybe they took it down and i have like a, a an old relic <laughs> certainly that's possible i don't know maybe. the album art is probably like burned into my mind i'm imagining seeing it on my phone on spotify but maybe <laughs> mm. it's it's it never actually maybe existed. it's just actually in your phone and you just didn't realize so they're here and you're they're not playable Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. That's weird. Yeah. Why would they take it off? So it it technically does show up, or is that just if you had it? So this is what I'm looking at. I clicked on someone's playlist for Dead and Divine. Yeah. Uh, And so at one time it was, a few years ago, I was listening to it on on Spotify. So it was there before. Mm -hmm. Someone made a playlist with it, and now it's, I don't know. I don't know if the. I wonder why. Licensing, probably. No. I I mean, I'm not going to check now, but you might be right. Because like the other day. The songs that were coming on random were from the Antimacy album. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, when I was uh, jamming on the drums, I was Fancy. playing songs off of the Fanciful. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> like, I never, I don't actually know for sure. I cannot confirm or deny, you know? <laughs> Me, personally, good, good I don't even fans. really know how to use Spotify. I mean, I don't have the full version. Um, I usually just stream music off of YouTube or, like, stuff that I have already in my phone. And I recently just became a YouTube premium member, so... Uh, <laughs> I haven't so. I haven't converted to YouTube premium yet, but I've had, like, the Spotify premium mm-hmm. for ages. And, like, there was one week where, like, I got a new phone and, like, I couldn't figure out what my login was. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how did I ever use Spotify on a free account? It's so annoying. It's yeah. like every other song you get, yeah, yeah you get yeah. an ad, and you can you can only it like you can only skip so yeah. many songs yeah. too. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have to like there's a there was what it comes up with like this the one long ad, and then it's like 
now you'll enjoy half an hour of ad-free yeah. music or whatever the hell you're listening so I've to. Just, I've just been on a family plan with my sisters right. for as long as I can Smart. remember. Yeah. Smart, yeah. yeah for, for me, I had to, I've been meaning to do YouTube Premium for such a long time because I listen to like a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of just random music that you know comes through on YouTube. I've been whatever. De- debating getting it just so I can like download stuff to watch like on the streetcar yes. without using my yes. data. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, right? So the reason why I got it was because recently we went on a trip and we're heading to uh vancouver we were in we so we got into alberta we were there and then basically once you pass banff there's no service for (laughs) hours right so i'm like we all need things to listen to and i'm just like there's only so much music that i have on my phone so i'm like okay let me just you know get youtube premium there was so basically as we were driving in to some point um we were listening to some stuff and then it would cut in and out Right. So we're listening to like either a podcast, maybe like Joe Rogan or something, and then just like random music that I would select on YouTube and it would just randomly stop. Then I'd have to switch to stuff that was on my actual phone. And then at some point we got into like, I think, cam loops or something. And that's when I decided I'm like, screw it. I'm doing YouTube premium. Finally, I, I finally subscribed to it and I downloaded a whole bunch of stuff as fast as I possibly could. Right. As you were about to lose service. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then because then the next like four hours from Kamloops to Vancouver is basically the same thing. You're just driving up and down through mountains and there's very little service as soon as you come into the valleys and stuff. Right. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with this crap for another four hours. <laughs> right. So um, I, I jumped and I finally got it and it was a very good decision. So. There you yeah. go, YouTube. We uh, hopefully you recommend this video because we give you a sweet shout out for YouTube <laughs> Premium and uh, how how fantastic it is. Um, but yeah, apart from that, so you were how many bands would you say that you were in? Like how many were you involved with? Oh God, too many um, to remember. <laughs> like I'd say like three, maybe like three serious ones, and then mm-hmm. like another three, four, five, kind of just for fun ones. You yeah. Know? What was the, um, which one was your favorite that you were involved with? Uh, probably Breathe Beneath. Yeah. I, I often think back to those, those times. There were some, like, uh, times, uh, just jamming in, uh, Nick's basement, the vocalist. Mm-hmm. We would play at his house. And there were some moments where, like, um, just in practice, not even at shows, just when we're all practicing, we, there was just, like, um you know like you kind of get into the zone Mm -hmm. but it was like a feeling where like everybody was in the same zone yeah you're all you know and it's like we're not even really um you know like looking at our instruments or what we're doing it's just Mm kind of in the moment and everyone is just you know playing perfectly and you know just uh i don't know i've never had those kind of moments with any other group of of musicians so Mm -hmm. it was like it's a special thing with those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, did you go? Um, f- you went furthest with Breathe Beneath, right? Like that that band could have. Uh, you did. You played a lot of shows. Did you like go out to, to Hamilton and play and kind of yeah, like tour? I, yeah, I guess. I guess we did do the most. I mean, I felt. I felt like the the most recent band was Worlds like Words Like Wildfire was the the most serious. Mm. I guess just because we were all um older Adulthood. and like yeah we yeah. we kind of understood um make you know, or break at this point right yeah and we understood you know we kind of have to treat this like a business mm-hmm. um and like we all took lessons from like the previous bands that we were in and we, like we were all kind of done high school at that point so we were you know a little a little older and so i feel like that one was a bit more serious but mm. i feel like um 
uh with breathe beneath like we i think we went further i would say like um there was some weekends where like we would play like uh you know like a friday saturday sunday and you know drive out and and sleep in the van type of thing and uh we did that like two or three times little mini tours we would call them mm -hmm. and it was cool like there's um there's one time we were out in some you know uh but fuck nowhere town and mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like um we were opening for this band called the bunny the bear i don't know mm -hmm. if you guys have ever heard of them but they were like um mm -hmm. they're like a techno hardcore band kind of like abandon all ships type of thing okay oh. so like a like a devil wears product yeah, yeah yeah but more cheesy okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't stand them but we were okay. opening for them in this town i've never heard of and it's like um we'd be playing and i would see you'd see people like singing our lyrics mm -hmm. and it's oh, like i so cool. i don't even know the name of this town and apparently mm -hmm. there's people here that like they know our were. songs yeah, yeah. wow and cool. like with that band um like half of the songs that we played like i wrote the lyrics to nice so it's like it's really cool seeing like random people that you've never met before in your life singing your songs it's mm -hmm. like wow like how how do they even know i exist you know yeah. it's crazy the uh the last album i think it was the oceans i think or something like that yeah i would listen to that album back to forth back i'm pretty forth, sure i still have it, it was a five somewhere. or so, I, yeah i wish i could find it <laughs> five or six songs on that album and, yes. uh, or maybe the last song was so, called Oceans. Or yeah. So I like guess that? we did. I guess we did two albums. Yeah. So I, I guess Breathe Beneath would be the band that like did the most with. Yeah. I don't know. You guys were were your music was just there was something about it that yeah. you could just tell that you guys all kind of clicked the way that the sound was, the way the lyrics were written, um, the audio was actually like mastered properly for the most part i know you guys probably one of you guys actually ended up doing it like you guys had a home studio or something right yeah the the first one we all did in in mike's bedroom yeah <laughs> but i mean it worked like at the time it's yeah. like for a bunch of like you know random kids that just wrote us a, a bunch of songs then literally recorded it in somebody's bedroom like it actually sounded yeah. really good but like the the second one we started to kind of get a taste of how much work it is to like make a really polished product because mm -hmm. like at first we did um what people call pre-production so we kind of we kind of recorded all the songs as if we were making an album mm -hmm. but like we were treating it as if it's like the rough draft right. and it's like in order to go into a professional studio with a professional producer you don't just go in with nothing they're like okay send me your your pre-pro your pre-production and if I think it's it has uh it has legs then yeah you can come record here so it's mm. like it's it's uh we we first had to put in a lot of work just to record it on our own and then we had to go record it basically a second time with a professional and uh pay a ton of money <laughs> and so it's like we really got a taste of uh how hard it is to to be a band you know oh, yeah, it's it's sure. a lot of work <laughs> oh yeah i remember those days i mean I mean, we had no future essentially but i remember it was just like um there was always people who wanted to take control of things and people would argue over like the stupidest little trivial thing that just didn't make any sense and it was just like eh, whatever this is just too too complicated sometimes right? yeah so, I, I think because at the end of the day it's it's a it's a business mm -hmm. like your your band if if your band is going to be your full-time job it is your yeah. is, it is yeah, your exactly. business so you have to treat it like that and there's not everybody is uh, like a business person. So you, you, you kind of have to get lucky and have like 
at least one guy in your band who is who is down to like take on that role and so like you know some bands it's just you know just five guys who want to goof around and you don't have that one person who can mm-hmm. really uh be the manager type yeah, of exactly. thing take and, take leadership and yeah in those young kind of high school <clears throat> college bands you need that one guy who's actually taking things seriously to yeah rally everyone you know <laughs> the one the one adult in the group yeah right so and that was my problem when we were younger is i would try and kind of take leadership role because nobody else was really doing it nobody else was like actually trying to book live shows and try and get serious about writing our own music and then they just wanted to stay as a cover band i'm just like okay you're not going to do anything by being a cover band for the rest of our lives right if you actually yeah. want to be a professional musician you got to write your own stuff right so nobody's going to pay you in an absorbent amount of money, you're not going to be super successful by being a Beatles cover band at the end of the day. Even yeah. though, even if you could play a damn good Beatles song at the end of the day, it's not going to really, you know, do what ultimately you want it to do. So you got to try and somebody's got to take leadership and, and try and, you know, dictate a certain path as to where you want to go. And some other people didn't, couldn't handle that, but whatever, those days are over. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so after music, then you did, youtube for a period of time um but you were like uh oh i think steve's dying (laughs) he needs a second because he's uh he's choking um but yeah so basically at one point steve got involved in youtube he's literally dying (laughs) he drank coffee and went down the the wrong way um so what was he doing he was like gaming yeah it started with if I'm not mistaken, his biggest on his his main channel, the biggest thing he was doing was uh, playing Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. which is a Nintendo game. That Super Smash Brothers is is a game where they incorporated all like or very many of the characters from the Mario universe and then the different Nintendo uh, IPs all together in one game fighting each other. And then there's been different versions of the games and and uh, yeah, cor- correct <laughs> correct us, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your own personal channel really took off with uh, playing Smash Brothers, I think, right? Yeah, sorry about that. I, uh, <laughs> That's okay. Down the wrong pipe, as yeah. they say. It's okay. Felt like I was, uh, saw my life flash before my eyes for a second there. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, uh, yeah, there's a, a trouble coming. So you started out with, so what started you on YouTube in the first, was it like the vloggy type of stuff that you originally started with? Yeah, yeah. So, um, my my first like ever ever channel was called um what was it shit steven says i think even before that oh, there's another yeah, one? I even about that. That. Yeah. <laughs> so even before that i had this channel called uh shock and terror mm-hmm. and which is like a song by cky mm-hmm. this old band and uh i would basically just you know like take my my parents little digital camera and set mm-hmm. it up on the coffee table and point it at the tv screen and make like gameplay videos of whatever I was doing at the time and uh I would have friends come over and we'd play Smash Brothers and I would just like film us playing and Mm -hmm. and put it up there type of thing but then um there was like a gap in between like high school and college and I was like I don't know what I'm doing with my life and um it was it was kind of at the time when like um Niga Higa and Jenna Marbles oh, and, yeah. and those old school YouTubers old were days. really, yeah, they were really in their prime. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to make, uh, you know, these kind of um, 
you know, not vlog style, but just kind of talking to the camera, editorial mm -hmm. type of content, uh, you know, nonsense. Story time. Type yeah, of stuff. story time, ranting about stuff, making jokes, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did that for a while. And then um, I guess I just got really into Smash Brothers at some point, and I just uh, started making content about that. And that went uh, pretty far. You did fairly well on uh, doing the Smash Brothers. So when I remember, so basically what happened was um, between high school and many years after that, everybody kind of, you know, went their own way, right? Whoever moved out of town, whoever went to college, university, whatever it was, whoever started a business. Um, you ended up going, I think, to college. You did like uh, radio and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, I went to Humber. Yeah, radio. so you started doing that. So you're already technically learning uh, things uh, involved with media. And I took a different direction, and I was basically working with Moshi at the time. We were doing, like, finance, and then that, you know, as uh, graduated into uh, starting another little independent business where we were selling uh, sports jerseys, which eventually graduated into many different things. <laughs> and at one point... Um, I think you were working at Best Buy. Yeah, and I went to Best oh, Buy yeah. looking for something. You and poached I, me. And a I, yeah, printer. well, you were I didn't poach. A printer <laughs> or something. Oh yeah, was it a printer? Yeah, I, I needed so, a printer. That's, that's, or something. The that's the department you were in, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Was, was that? The, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Was, oh yeah. So you were posting about like ink and stuff online. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Well, I guess I might as well just go to Best Buy and buy a printer off mm. of Steve, right? And then I spoke to you, and I already knew that you had kind of like involvement. You know, you knew how to do YouTube, and you were involved. You had learned media in school and stuff like that. And I'm like, how would you like a job, right? And he's like, okay, cool. So um, from my company, I ended up hiring you. And um, when you had joined us, I made you kind of like do all like the media and the marketing and all that stuff. And we had developed like this crazy website. And then the company switched from one name to another and then graduated into selling more like sporting goods, like hockey stuff and all sorts of stuff. We We were trying to get into everything, but... The main stuff was like sports jerseys and hockey equipment. Um, but you were like amazing at it. And I think it's because you already had a lot of experience doing your own YouTube. And when Moshi and I were looking at it, because um, we had never done YouTube before that, and we're like, oh man, Steve's like this really famous big YouTuber, right? We were kind of <laughs> like looking at the numbers and it was like, oh wow, that's like, we were kind of in shock and awe at, at that point. Just it was it was impressive, right? Because we had never seen anybody who had done it. And then, um, so what was it like kind of uh, working? So you went into gaming. You did a lot of like turn tournaments. You, you actually organized tournaments, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, get, I think when I was maybe like 13, 14, uh, I had always been into to Smash. And then uh, I was playing Melee with uh, a couple of friends, the, the GameCube one. And we were just kind of you know, playing casually as you do with your friends. And then YouTube starts getting a little bit more popular. And, uh, you know, eventually you search, like, Super Smash Brothers Melee on YouTube and you, you find, like, this tournament match. And you're like, what the hell? So you start watching it and you're like, is this sped up? Are they playing on, like, two times speed or something? They like, were actually this, just that good. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> it's like, what am I watching? Is this the same game I've been playing? And yeah. then, like, you you just go down this rabbit hole. And so... 
throughout uh, high school, um, I was really into competitive melee. Like I would go to all sorts of tournaments, um, travel like super, super far. My dad or someone else's dad would drive us out and they just kind of like sit around or like go to the local movie theater because we'd be at this tournament for like seven, eight hours. And um, and so, yeah, that kind of, that kind of, I guess that combined with um, the comm tech class in high school. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this earlier. I was like, what made me kind of get into like content creation? And I think it's that comm tech class. Mm-hmm. And um, for those who don't know, it's... Uh, it's like this course you can take in high school. It's called communications technology, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, like a baby steps into like anything digital. So there's mm-hmm. like a couple of weeks where you do Photoshop. There's a couple of weeks where you do you know basic website coding, and then uh, you do like video editing. And our high school had this um, weekly or biweekly like little TV program that they would put on because each room had a TV. So like the com the kids in the com tech class would spend all week like making these little skits and like doing updates on like the school sports teams or news going around the school. TV. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> my first little foray into like making content and having it consumed by other people and like just hearing people talk about it. And I mm-hmm. think that. That kind of uh, that back and forth, um, that's that that kind of really propelled me into you know making videos once the opportunity arose. Hmm. Yeah, because um, so basically, when we had the company, you're already relatively successful on YouTube. You had I'm looking at your channel now. You still have thirty four thousand four hundred subscribers. Let me see if I yeah. Can bring this up here because i didn't set this up so, properly so nothing's gonna show up right away I re- just give me a second i, re- I reflect on it, <laughs> it is. a lot because um when i look back you almost have 10 million total views man yeah yeah and when i look at people now i see like much smaller channels getting mm-hmm. much less views than i was on average and they still do it full time so i'm like i always think back and i'm like what was i doing wrong was i not monetizing it properly like what why wasn't i able to make the push to okay do so it saying full-time? doing it wrong okay so literally talking about the income from it you were getting good views i mean over over time yeah just like not being able to like you said get something I was, consistent yeah there income. was there was a point in time where like i was putting out a video every week and it would get like 50k 75k 100k mm-hmm. views and like I see uh, smaller channels, they put out a video every week and it gets like 20K, 30K views and they're still doing it like full time. Like they they talk about it like it's their full time job. And it's like, so what was I doing wrong? Like, why wasn't I able to make that step into doing it full time? So like, I I reflect on it every now and then. Mm -hmm. And if, if if I were to try it again, like I really want to, um, like do it the right way, mm-hmm. I guess. Can you give us a taste of what you think that is? What is the right way if you were to? Okay, so say you were talking to somebody like maybe me, perhaps, who wants to be a full time YouTuber. Mean, I could. I have kind of an opinion on what yeah. that would be. I guess I know what I've developed and what I've yeah. done works, but it's good. Yeah. share your opinion first. I guess like my my first step would be to like go through all my monetization and google adsense settings make sure everything is like turned on properly to mm-hmm. begin with 
And then um, there's other things that people do now, like Patreon and things like that. So there's other ways I could, and like YouTube memberships and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, there's other income streams aside from just the Google AdSense revenue that uh, people are able to take advantage of now. And uh, at the time when I was uh, like really into YouTube, like Patreon wasn't really a thing. Um, I'm not saying that because I didn't have a Patreon, that's why I didn't succeed. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's other reasons, but like there are, there are things now that make it easier to make an income than it was before. And when I was doing it, like for the first year or two, um, you couldn't actually monetize gaming content right. in order to monetize gaming content. You had to go through, uh, an MCN right. Right. and they, they would take like, uh, 20%. Like, yeah. Like 30, 40%. Yeah. Yeah. And, so an MCN for those listening, an MCN is a company for, for the most part. Right. Yeah. And they, they just, they, you're going to have to explain it better than I would, but they have a bunch of creators who are making stuff for them. And then they go to people doing the ads and yeah. So they say, basically, it's a, uh, I don't remember what the actual acronym stands for but it's a multi-channel network right yeah so the way i see it i've known a lot of people who were part of mcns including yourself i know other youtubers who were and a lot of them regretted it yeah it's like there's time. there's no point to do it especially nowadays but mm -hmm. like back then uh you couldn't monetize gaming content so you had to go through different channels you had yeah. to go through one of those companies and have them uh, do it for you type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, kind of things like that and just not maybe monetizing to the fullest extent, mm -hmm. it was never really, uh, something that I could say like, okay, this is enough income to do this full time. So like, I never, I never took that leap. And then eventually I just like, you know, you get, you get burned out, you get demotivated. Yeah. It's like you, you're working your nine to five and then you, you got to come home uh, you know, try to make content, but on top of that, you know, you got to make dinner. Yeah. You got to do all this other, you know, household live. stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. there's only so it's, many hours and you just get tired, right? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. So the way, so for me, what I learned very early on is the most important thing about YouTube is your, basically your character, right? And the most successful channels that I've seen are people based on people, right? Being yourself um, or playing, you know, obviously a certain character, maybe, you know, bigging yourself up a little bit. Um, especially like, so if you look at the way my friend Brent did it, a lot of his, I don't know if you, are you uh, familiar with Brent TV or the SpongeBob popsicle guy? No, no. <laughs> no? Okay, so he's a very good friend of mine who we've known each other since um, we maybe had less than like a thousand subs each. I think I had just over a thousand. He had like 200 or 300 when we met. Now he's over 3 million subscribers. Wow. He's got like six, seven million followers on TikTok. We still talk almost every day. Um, the way he was able to do it is he found a trend, number one, that worked. Trends are fantastic on YouTube. But if you don't develop your character, people are subscribing for your trend, which means they're not following for you. So what he did and what his advantage was is that Brent is his own character, right? And it's funny because um, on camera is very similar to the type of person he is, where he's uh, sort of a comedian, uh, prankster, very loud, 
funny and he's literally almost that exact same person in person so he kind of created this character added it to this trend added it with uh something that's very popular like spongebob and everything the whole chemistry just kind of worked and uh everybody just fell in love with yeah. it yeah well he, right? he sounds like the performer type right, right. like he right. was he was born to live in the digital exactly. age you know yeah <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it was like his his it's just his persona it's like it it's like he came out of the womb and was just ready to be on camera yeah. instantly because if you watch like old videos like he'll post like the stupidest thing on instagram and it's from like years ago and it's just hilarious so like for example the other day um he posts on instagram if he should uh post old videos of him singing and it was a video of him i guess he was like pretending to do karaoke and somebody's like holding his phone or something and it's that uh that song that let the bodies hit the floor the <laughs> and then he just literally starts screaming at the top of his lungs and it was the funniest thing i've ever seen but that's literally the type of person Brent is right he's he's that person in person like genuinely um so he's got the character he's got you know the ideas and the trends and he put it all together and it just worked like magic right and then I've seen a lot of other um YouTubers kind of in my niche where whether it's haunted or you know you do kind of travel type of stuff or abandoned places or whatever that might be um the most important thing that I found was actually having that personality that character and obviously it develops over time it doesn't just happen overnight where you film your first video because to be honest the first like thousand videos you're probably not going to know what the hell you're doing right and yeah. you're going to feel really stupid when you're talking to the camera by yourself and there's a whole bunch of people like across the street staring at you because you look like a weirdo because yeah. you're literally talking to yourself but you're not right to my brain now when i hold the camera up and i'm looking at it like this my brain automatically says you're talking to, you know, 10,000, 20,000 people that are going to watch this video. And that's the way like my brain, I've gotten so used to it that it's just, that's how it's processing, right? I know that I'm literally not talking to myself, but in the early stages, you feel like an idiot because you literally feel like you're talking to yourself, yeah. right? But then you get so used to it, you develop your character. And for me, um, I feel like my character is the same on camera that it is on off camera like i don't i don't change i don't i don't create this other persona that's a completely different person on camera versus off camera if you meet me in person i'm pretty much the same i, I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree yeah, but true. nothing really is there's nothing different yeah right? and the one thing that i've kind of um liked that i i find i set myself apart from a lot of other people is just because i'm silly and i literally have that i don't give a fuck type of attitude where I will just say stupid things because I think it's funny. And if you don't laugh with me, well, then that's your problem. Like, I literally do not care. That's just, I've always been like that. And I kind of got used to that even being on camera where I could just say or do stupid things. Like, I remember one day um, I was in Ottawa and I was with, uh, with Mo Sarji and he brought me to this Lebanese place and they make this thing called uh, CAC which is K-A-A-K. -A -A -K. And it's like this sesame bread with like cheese and stuff in it. Mm. 
we filmed an entire vlog, well, I filmed an entire vlog, of us literally driving around Ottawa, holding up the food and yelling out to people out the window, <laughs> asking if they want CAC. You want some right? CAC. Yeah. But I would subtitle it K-A-A-K because I wasn't actually saying cock, I was saying CAC, right? So, and for me, I just, we thought it was the funniest thing ever. So for me, I, I really enjoy making content like that. And I feel like people can kind of um, see themselves in that at the same time where they can kind of relate in a way versus making this fake persona of being completely different yeah think thinking back one <clears throat> one of the things i would do differently is right like i kind of positioned my whole channel as like this like news source like mm -hmm. it was smash central like yeah. your, your number one source for super smash brothers news and it like it it wasn't really uh personable like I was kind of like trying to be like this this news organization, like g giving the news to the people, and yeah. it's like at at the time, like it seemed cool, it seemed professional, but like on these social platforms, you really want to create that one to one connection, right? So like be relatable, yeah, yeah. Like if I were to do do it again, I would do things mm -hmm. uh, differently for sure. Yeah. Do you think? At this time, or some maybe in the near future, maybe even five or ten years down the road, do you think you would give it another shot? Like, do you think you would do it again? Something different? Yeah, I th I think about it often. I just like I I need to figure out like what it is I want to do. Mm -hmm. And like lately, I've been really having the the itch to flex the creative muscle, so mm -hmm. to speak, and. Um, the last couple of years I've been really getting into just thinking about like game design and mm -hmm. like the things that like, um, like if you put this in your game, how is it going to make the player feel? And mm -hmm. like th things like that, like not, not just like the, the surface level stuff, but like the, the deeper side of game design. And, um, and I kind of want to start making videos kind of exploring, um, uh card games because i've been playing a lot of card games uh Hearthstone? yeah like yeah. i've been playing hearthstone for like eight nine years uh a year or so ago i got into magic the gathering and um i don't know i think it would be really awesome to like develop my own card game or work on one of those card games and it's it's uh one of those things where like it's it's hard to kind of get your foot in the door with no experience and uh one of the things that kind of happens every now and then is like somebody will be making like uh custom cards like for years and years and years or be making videos about like game theory about this this and this and this and then you know five five years down the line they get hired as like like a developer on this game just because they've they've proven that like they can think about it on you know this much deeper granular level and they've been just doing it because they love it, not because they're getting paid to do it. It's just like the content that they're putting out there. So it's like, um, I feel like uh, it would help me kind of flex that creative muscle, but also help me explore different interests and maybe different career paths. Because mm -hmm. um, it's, it's something I think about, like I've been kind of in the same career for a while now. And like, yeah. at some point you, you know, you gotta kind of move up or diagonally you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta move somewhere at some point right so i'm yeah. just i've been thinking about that the last couple of months and in different directions i can go
Yeah, always be uh, exploring your options, right? So um, I guess after YouTube, you were, like I had mentioned, I went to go buy a printer at Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> so back to that. So, so I went I to go. Yeah, you, was, so you, you I, were there. Yeah, I was going to say the reason I was there was because I've been doing, I was doing like warehouse jobs yeah. all my life. And I was like, I got to get out of the warehouse. I, I, I got to get like a real job. I want to use my brain. I don't want to use my spindly spaghetti arms. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was trying to get these non-warehouse jobs. And there's like this kind of like recruiting company. I don't know, a, a job agency. Mm -hmm. That's what you call it. Yeah. So they, they put me in this Best Buy and... Um, HP has like this ink subscription program. Mm -hmm. So re refills or whatever. Yeah. So basically, I was there. Like they plopped me in the printer area. I wasn't like a Best Buy employee. I was like part of this job agency, mm -hmm. and I was just trying to get people to sign up to this ink subscription. And that was like all I did for like one summer until you came and plucked me out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of came in and I'm just like, oh, hey, man, it's been a little while. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of in a position where I was like, OK, I could really use some help around the, the store and the shop and whatever um, just to kind of alleviate a lot of what because I was doing everything almost entirely by myself, apart from when Moshi was able to help out um, and I was like in a position where I'm like, okay, I need to start delegating certain jobs to other people, right? So right. I, could, I could bring somebody on and then I just stumbled into you at Best Buy um, while you were trying to sell me some ink. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could probably use some ink and maybe a printer or whatever the hell I was even there for. I don't even remember specifically, but um, I'm like, yeah, I have position that's open and uh, I would love to have you on board and expand like, because we're, tr so the, the, idea of the company was predominantly aimed to be online and i wanted to kind of build something a little bit different where we had a very strong media presence uh whether it was you know instagram twitter um, all that kind of stuff it was like a different engagement process and i knew what you were capable of doing online obviously you had a relatively successful youtube channel and uh, you were very heavily involved in all that stuff and you were doing a lot of the the setting up the the gaming tournaments and all that stuff. You were very involved in that community. So I'm like, I think Steve might be the right out of everybody that I knew. I think Steve was pretty much the right person for that job. So I invited you on board, took you in, and then we kind of started working together from there. And um, what I liked about you is that you were such a perfectionist. Like <laughs> you were so focused. And I was trying to tell you like, like, okay, dude, like I get the perfectionism, but it's like, just, just finish the fucking job at it, this point yes. right? but that, it still comes up to this yeah. day sometimes i have to just chill out and like yeah. just ship it you yeah know? it's your your eye for your eye for detail is like uncanny like I, i've never met so many people that would literally sit there for like 50 to 60 hours to make one video so perfect but then you come out watching it and you're like damn that was actually like really well done yeah Hon right? honestly that that job with you, I think, like, kind of uh, set me on a certain trajectory. Like, mm -hmm. I had never done um, any sort of job other than, you know, like, like warehouse stuff. So that yeah, was, yeah. like, my first taste of doing something, uh, like, in the social media space. And I was mm -hmm. very social media savvy at the time. I was very, like, tech savvy. And so I was like, this is, this is kind of where I belong. Like, I belong in these kind of position so it like it really kind of uh like working with you is kind of like that light bulb moment where mm -hmm. it's like okay like i know 
kind of where where I'm supposed to be. I just have to keep going in this direction. And uh, yeah, now I like I have what I would uh, describe as a dream job. Mm -hmm. If uh, you want to go into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before that, even I want to kind of show you guys like what the stuff was that we were actually creating because I pulled up the old videos. Oh my yes. goodness! So a lot of people don't know that my <laughs> channel um, on YouTube, Exploring with Angelo, used to be our company's YouTube channel, and these were predominantly the videos that were created. Um, majority by steve sometimes i would give him the idea and it'd be like these are the t i think we would sit there and we would like have like a, me a little meeting or whatever and be like okay well these are kind of the ideas that i've come up with and i'd have like 10 and then we would narrow them down and then steve would just you know start one by one creating all these videos and they could be like simple things like um you know a product test for example or, or like how to how or, to yeah. tape a hockey stick how to put on your hockey equipment and we kind of started from the basics and slowly kept going further and further and further and uh i remember one of these videos let me pull this up look here. at that mustache <laughs> that guy needs a shave <laughs> i remember this video oh damn yeah so <laughs> putting it to the test so there was a helmet and i'm like let's do something oh, really stupid do you remember this i remember <laughs> this i don't want to spoil it but yeah. So this was basically like a like a random product review. Hopefully the video actually decides to play. But um, that voiceover. Yeah. Wow. That hockey player needs a shave. <laughs> Maybe it was playoff season or something. Yeah. But yeah, towards the end of the video, I'm like, let's make something quirky. So I bought like a ukulele. Yeah. And the idea was to take this ukulele and essentially test the helmet with it. It's like one of those little guitars you win at like a carnival one game. One hit me in the eye. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it literally hit me in the eye. <laughs> For some reason, this is like 240p, so but <laughs> yeah, that was like one thing that we did, and then we did like jersey. I these remember were, this clip. These were fun. I love these. Yeah. So this is what I was gonna talk about. Like doing these kind of like music video yeah. ads for these really taught me like new skills. Like mm -hmm. I would look up like how to do this crazy transition, and then I would yeah. spend like all day figuring out how to like do the cool, the cool special effects, and like yeah. I learned some. Some new tricks I've never used before. See, at least like the beneficial thing, and this is kind of like what I saw, was that once you knew how to do it, um, you could implement it in like, you know, the next 150 videos. So I didn't mind having Steve investing the time on himself, spending the entire day trying to learn how to do one, two or three things, right? And yeah. then um, eventually once you had the kind of knack for it, then you were like, okay, I got this. And it's like, you're able to kind of you know pick a cherry pick um what you wanted to use in the next video and the next video and you were constantly like learning and then i was learning things because at that time that's when i kind of learned how to do youtube and i didn't even know how to edit but steve knew how to edit so he was kind of like showing me how to edit like you know the most important thing is the s button because you're splitting the yes. clips right <laughs> which is literally the most important thing when it comes to to editing is to split up your your clips properly and then obviously learning how to do other things there were some other things outside of that that i learned way later um like now i'm a little bit more advanced where you know i'll do a little bit of like color correction if it's necessary and yeah and i hear you like talk that. about that and i'm like i haven't even gone to that level yeah. damn color, well color correction is basically just like so i mean um based on the cameras that you use it doesn't actually naturally um give you every color that's like kind of 
in the field of view, so yeah. to say. I probably can't even explain it properly. I just know how to do it yeah, for some like reason. Some things look ye- more yellow or more orange right. or more blue than right. they actually are. So you'll you know? kind of like, you can color correct it to make like, you know, the yellows more prominent, so to say, or maybe make it look more red or green yeah. or whatever it might be, right? And I do it a lot when I do drone footage. There's only been one time that I've never done a color correction on drone footage, and it was Lake Louise yes. in Banff, Alberta, because the colors were just, there was so much sun that day, and it was so natural and the colors were so perfect on a drone of all things. Like on a DJI, <laughs> DJI drone, they are decent cameras, but they're little ones, right? There's not like a billion pixels coming through on those on those little tiny things. So you do got to do some sort of color corrector. Right. Didn't have to do it on that, which was incredible. But eventually, I learned how to do all that stuff, and I think I kind of started learning it by like talking to other YouTubers. So I spent a lot of time with Steve Ronan, and he's all about that, you know. Um, you know the camera finesse so to say yeah. right where it's like he knows like focal points i learned so many things from him like where to hold the kiss I, I was i would always hold the camera up here and then later on i learned he's like no you should actually hold it down here and i'm like why he's like well you're giving the perspective of a child so when you're holding it down here the world looks bigger right oh yeah wow. so that's that's a real thing and then when you actually look at the way people film and it's like they actually hold the camera down here obviously depending on what it is that you're trying to accomplish right right um but for something that you're trying to have a sort of visual appeal to it that's um for him that's the way you would film but there was a lot of things that me and you kind of had to learn together because we didn't know what the hell we were doing half the time right? yeah um and then that kind of graduated into what you're doing now, which is? Yeah, so I do, like, all the YouTube stuff for this uh, toy company called uh, Spin Master. And uh, if you've never heard of them before, you've probably heard of Paw Patrol or Hatchimals or Bakugan. Ooh. And so they're the ones that make those toys and those TV shows. And, uh, yeah, so back in 2019, I was like, looking for for a job and i saw something for like a copywriter at this place and mm-hmm. then i went to their website to see all their job postings and i saw they needed a uh it was like youtube channel management and community specialist or something like that so i was like all right i'll apply for this and then like after a rigorous interview process i finally got in and um it was crazy because they didn't have a YouTube team. They had people that were putting ads on YouTube, but mm-hmm. they didn't have like somebody who was a, actually managing. Yeah, like a dedicated team to upload their content to YouTube. So like when I got there, it was kind of just like, okay, here's your office. Have fun. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do? And they're like, I don't know. You're the YouTube guy. You figure it out. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I uh, yeah, for the next couple of years, I've just been kind of like developing you know the the strategy and and everything and um last year we finally got this awesome awesome uh manager uh above me and he he came from like uh, a different uh youtube channel like very very successful so like he really knows what he's doing and he's because um because it's kind of like my first office job experience like i'm not the greatest at office politics i'm not the greatest at um you know communicating with you know people who've been working the office for like 10 20 years type of thing but this guy he's 10 years older than me he he knows how to navigate people he's a good people person so like 
he's been really uh, helping us take YouTube to the next level at this place. And uh, yeah, so when I got there, like the Paw Patrol channel was maybe less than half a million subscribers, like mm -hmm. 200,000, 300,000. And then within a year, uh, I got it to a million. And now three years later, it's at uh, seven and a half million. Wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Can That's we talk crazy. about the things that you did? So what they were doing before, which you said was almost nothing, and with the things that you implemented, implemented maybe in your first year? Yeah, so basically because they didn't have YouTube people, um, what they would do is like uh, they, would, they were just basically uploading like their commercials. Um, and so when, once I got there, um, they were like, okay, we have... Uh, this Paw Patrol show, and like we have these ten-minute episodes, but we have you know a certain contract with so and so, and they say we can post like the these two-minute short versions on YouTube. So I was like, okay, you know, I start figuring out where all the content is, you know, kind of start making a schedule to upload like one or two a week, and then um, you know it starts it starts taking off, so that people start noticing, and they're like, okay, this is. This is doing really well. Like, how can we, how can we like build upon it? And then, so that's that's kind of how like the snowball gets rolling. Mm -hmm. You just like upload a couple things, and then like certain people in the company start noticing, like, hey, this is kind of working. And then, so you know, I kind of make suggestions, like, oh, like maybe you can make this type of content for me, or give give me more of this kind of stuff. And and over the years, um, it's just like. Uh, at first it was like, okay, we have this, can you upload it? And I'm like, sure. And then it's become, over the years, it's become like, okay, uh, what, what should we upload? Like they come to me for like the strategy nice. and the recommendations and, and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's really kind of evolved from nothing to like this big ecosystem. And now like so many different departments are involved uh, it's it's way more than just uploading videos. Like I got to liaise with different teams, like all mm -hmm. over the globe. We have different offices, and uh, yeah, so it's just become this crazy job that I could have never imagined. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, glad it uh, evolved into something, and uh, it's it's funny where we all kind of start off and where we all kind of end up, right? So I remember like one of the very first things. Um, that I was doing was yeah, I was just getting into like the haunted stuff. And uh do you remember when we went to the abandoned church cemetery thing? I had told you the story yes. about that cult type of thing. And uh I found the video where I still have it, and it's just like I'm not even gonna play the whole thing because it's probably just really I remember that. Silly. I was filming that. <laughs> yeah, you you were literally filming like yeah. this was you in the in the car, the this loud is my car. bad shaky camera footage. Oh, it was because the camera was so shitty. That's the problem. I know this church. Yeah, yeah. So there was. Uh... <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's so funny. But yeah, it was just the the real reason why I had Steve come along, obviously to help and film a little bit, but also because I was a little bit scared to go by myself because of the stories of this place, and I had like some very traumatizing things happen. But like. Starting out from there, this video got 236 views. And, uh, like, I wonder what today's video is at so far. Like, just to see, like, what the difference is in reality. This is not a flex. But no, yeah, you come an a, observation. Come a long right? way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got the plaque now sitting behind me. Yeah, for sure. Today's video is at um, 
11,000 views already nice. in the first seven hours and 49 minutes. So like just to show people that, you know, anybody could really make it. And it's like back then I would have been super excited to get 250 views and gain like one to two subscribers on one little video. Right. And now it's like, you know, the first eight hours, is 11,000 views. And it's like, that's amazing. Like just to see how far you can actually come, whether it's on YouTube or obviously you've evolved into something a little bit different. Right. So, yeah. um, and I, I think it's, it's important for people to kind of like be be humble about that mm -hmm. when you're when you're starting out like yeah like get get excited about your first 10 subscribers yeah, exactly. you know get get excited about your your 50th view you mm -hmm. know like those numbers are small but like when you're just starting out like that's that's your that's your new high score man like yeah. so it it all it all starts small but then eventually like i was saying like i put out a video i expected to get 50k 70k mm -hmm. you know and it's like uh it all starts somewhere yeah. you don't get to those numbers overnight you know yeah, you gotta exactly. people people don't realize uh in order to get uh to a comfortable spot on youtube people mm -hmm. do it for like three four five years yeah. straight mm -hmm. like yeah. every single day every week and then they get to a spot where they're they're like okay i can kind of relax a little bit now but it's like f after five years of busting your ass <laughs> you know right. yeah yeah exactly like that's what i had to do i had to really like work hard right yeah. i was i remember in the early days um so after we had closed the company because we had mentioned it before that we had run into like sort of like a, a bureaucratic polit political type of corporate situation yeah. where bauer who sucks ass um basically decided to mess with our business and essentially forced us to more or less close our doors i mean we had different avenues but i just i wasn't feeling it anymore after being after seeing that side like the the dark side of the way corporations really operate which is i think we were all there all three of us were there that specific day when it kind of went down yeah you probably remember the frustration yeah. of like two weeks of literally screaming and yelling and there was probably a lot of swearing going on yeah. behind the scenes and we couldn't operate properly because we couldn't order anything right so it's like and having that sort of situation um with such a large company like that who pretends to be like you know the nice guys behind the scenes and then really it's like oh this is the the real way that they that they go around treating their customers right um so there was that so we closed the the we closed the company um and then at that point it was it was very challenging like i've never i've had days where i was literally like like so frustrated with myself like i didn't know what to do anymore i didn't know what was next so i came very very close to just getting a normal job um, going into construction, which was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, you know, making a, a normal steady income. Um, I had the option. I had literally got the job because I knew people. I know people who are in that industry. So I had gotten the job. Um, before that, I was kind of trying to figure out, like, can I do YouTube? I was trying. It wasn't that I wasn't trying. It was just that, you know, it was growing, but very, very slowly, right? And I'm like, wow, I would like to make this like a full-time thing. But what I, what was happening was I was spending way more money than I was making. And right. I remember the funniest part is that when I was first starting out is that Steve would actually point this out and he's like, oh, now you're going to, you're all, you're about to get monetized, are you? You're very excited to make that 50 cents a week or whatever it was, right? <laughs> and when he said that, he wasn't lying. Mm -hmm. Like the very beginning of being monetized on YouTube yeah, was, pennies. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember the funniest part about that is that 
um, when I would talk to my friend Brent, who's the SpongeBob popsicle guy on YouTube, um, he would call like he would video call me, and we would spend like an hour, two hours on video call for some reason, just because we had nothing better to do, right? And um, he, we were both very, very small YouTubers. I had like you know maybe a thousand, two thousand subs or whatever it was. He had like just over a thousand. He's like, oh, we would both publish a video like on the same day, and we're both in completely different genres, so we would compare. He's like, oh, how much did you make today on your video? And uh, I'd be like, oh, it just updated. I made uh, seventy-eight cents. How much did you make? <laughs> and he's like, I made eight cents on my video, right? And it's like now our numbers are we're actually making a living doing this, and it's just like comparing and like talking about like me and him still laugh at that remember those days when we used to call each other and we would talk about how we were making a, cute, a few quarters or like a dime or whatever yeah. on a video like we would literally put like you know work our asses off to make an entire video and we were making nothing neither of us because we were basically nobodies we had a very small following and we really were not getting that much adsense revenue now times have kind of changed right but um yeah, it's just kind of like interesting looking back on all that stuff and remembering kind of where you come from. And I remember I would do these crazy like three, four day long road trips. And uh, a lot of it was with a friend of mine named James. Some of you guys, if you guys have been watching my videos long enough, you'll remember him. Um, he was always the guy who would get loaded on PBRs and then we would <laughs> go and explore abandoned places. There was weekends where we would literally not sleep. Right. Or when we did sleep, it was just like, oh, we're all we're so broke that we would have to like, you know, budget ourselves. You couldn't find a motel that was more than like 80 bucks a night or something <laughs> like that, which is very hard to do. So a lot of times we were just kind of um, finding random spots on the side of the road and setting up a tent on the side of the street in a bush somewhere. And that's like the things that we were doing. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like the we did that for years. Yeah. And then finally something changed. And um uh, what had happened was I had ended up becoming friends with uh, Mos Arji, and I had met him at the same cemetery that we went to. And um, after that, we just kind of slowly kept talking. We ended up going on a road trip and we became friends. And then um, we had been kind of, you know, making videos together, became friends for a long time. And... Um, I think both of us kind of need to use the washroom at this point. So we're going to just pause for a second <laughs> and come right break. back. <laughs> And we are back. Um, took a little bit of a pee break, smoke break, and uh, now I have espresso. Um, this table is just slowly filling up with random drinks. Beverages. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, but this is what we like to do. Just kind of chilling and having a conversation. And uh, even before we came back on, we were talking about the good old days of mm -hmm. when we actually did have the company. And uh, like a lot of the things that we had to go through, um, we'll get back into the conversation about, you know, what, what I was doing on YouTube. Because um, I know a lot of the fans are probably kind of wanting to know those details of like what I actually had to do a lot of the times to get to where I am right now. Again, not a flex, but it was quite the struggle there was days mm -hmm. where i was you know ready to give up um and i'll probably do another episode maybe even just dedicated to talking about that um but the good old days so essentially before i hired you i was basically just doing everything on my own and what had happened was i had uh started out with mainly the jersey business and i had connected with three other guys and i knew i needed a space i wanted an actual 
uh, walk-in space that I could use for retail purposes so I could deal with customers coming in and out on a daily basis. Before that, I was doing everything from home. So everything was set up in the basement. I would literally have customers coming into my house. And then my mom was kind of like, it was happening so often that my mom was kind of like, you know, okay, we can't have all these people coming in and out of the house 24-7, you know, just for safety reasons we don't know who these people are and i'm like i get it i totally understand like these were literally people that we'd advertise online they would just randomly call me like oh i want to come pick this up yeah and then i started developing a kind of uh, a client base where it was consistently the same customers ordering four or five things at a time which was fantastic then we started doing like sort of a delivery service around the gta and i I remember there was one summer actually that's how i met steve right so i forgot about that on the little red uh on your your dad's moped right so you had steve who was kind of working on a part-time basis just during the summer just to try to earn a couple extra bucks and um basically because I would have so many customers that would order. It was during like the Euro Cup, I think, is when mm-hmm. that that whole thing started, and it became so popular that Steve was literally riding around all over the place. Just, I went to like Vaughn right? and Woodridge. Wasn't yeah. it insane? <laughs> yeah. So imagine before that, what I was doing is I was doing that plus running the company plus running the website, shipping, packaging. I was doing majority of that. But I mean, obviously, I had Moshi helping me as well. Um, but we were more or less doing all of that on our own, right? Before Steve finally came and did that for a little while and then obviously he disappeared into the abyss and started selling <laughs> ink and toner at best buy <laughs> part time um then eventually we ended up with the well i ended up with the shop uh, i had signed the lease it was with four other guys to split the bills and it was like this industrial unit like the front area was smaller than this room it was i think 350 square feet something like that and the back area was like a garage. Like it was it like had, a car garage. Right. Yeah. So the other three guys, two of them were essentially just parking vehicles. One had a Lexus IS350 with a 2JZ in it. The other one had a uh, an RX-7, an old... Uh, 86 or something like that fc if any of you guys know cars or cares about things care about things like that (laughs) and then we had our friend shad who also started his own company where he was fabricating car parts and he was doing kind of like a uh a secret car service because he wasn't technically supposed to be doing it out of there because he wasn't actually you know he was supposed to be doing (laughs) he was doing like kind of like small time mechanic work back there yeah he would do like you know people's i remember he did a couple thing a couple things for me too on my vehicles just to you know whatever i give him some money and everybody was happy right um but yeah it was like it was dirty because we had at one point i remember after you came on board remember we had all the camera the sorry not the camera stuff the computer stuff was all set in the front yeah but then we were like okay this is not working out because we need the extra space so we moved everything to the back and so you had to just visualize that it was me and steve and we had like this l-shaped table at the back and then directly behind us was a parked car yeah right so it was very like small confined space but it worked we made it we made it work right for a long period of time because it was like a like a car garage like an auto parts thing it was like dusty Mm -hmm. dirty Dirty. (laughs) i think some of us used to smoke inside which we probably shouldn't have done but we did anyways because we just didn't care um but yeah then like the frontal the front area was um, basically like the showroom retail space where customers would come in and out during the day and people would just like randomly show up too and that was a cool thing like we were starting to kind of develop this 
thing where people actually knew who we were now. Um, and then at some point, I remember um, getting, we had moved um, forward enough to, in a position where I was like, so Mo, Moshi was always part of the business. And I'm just like, one day we'll have you come on full time. And then the opportunity arose and we decided like, oh, let's go and get a new spot somewhere so we had found a nice air a nice spot in a brand new area um and we had started setting up there and then we had a blast though like it was mm, so much yep. fun mm -hmm. um we would i remember we would listen to the stupidest music that we could possibly find on the internet <laughs> and we would just that's how you guys told me you were ready for me to come you guys the two of you were working at the desk listening to this loud loud music you sent me a video and we're like you're ready for you bro come we need you we need you yeah jamming to uh rebecca black rebecca black <laughs> friday yeah. um there was that other song uh that sydney mcgee that i'm so lit right yes now. oh my god i forgot about, I that. Forgot about that so we that would, was my jam right dude at least once a day and then um what else was popular back there uh we would play joey I just died in your arms. To, it was oh my like, God! Yes, Joey. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. The old Euro Euro beat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From like the eighties, nineties, and then he destroyed his entire career by doing too many lines of coke. Um, we but, listened to a lot of uh, that song "Rockstar" by Post Malone and Twenty One Savage had just came out yeah, around yeah. that time. So I would listen There's, to that song. There was like so many different. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were doing half the time, and I'm pretty sure like customers would come in the door and we'd be listening to like the stupidest music you could possibly think of. Yeah. And they're just like, what is going on in here? But I'm just over there like, I'm so lit right now. Like this. <laughs> and this customer's just coming in like, I'm just looking for a good deal at a hockey stick, yeah. bro. That's all I'm here for. But yeah, we had a, we had a lot of good times. Um, I mean, we worked hard. Like there was a, there was a lot of things that needed to be taken care of in that place. But yeah, then finally we moved on to the newer location. Um, we in, spent in between that we were working from your basement. Right. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. So we were at my house working in the bay, like all three of us, we had like, um, boxes upon boxes of merchandise that we had to transport. I tried to get rid of as much as we possibly could in between moves, but obviously you can only sell so much sometimes so fast. And we were in my basement and we had like, we were literally just surrounded by boxes yeah. and we had to, we had like all these makeshift spaces that we could package things we had all the com like four computers set up one was mine one was uh, for moshi and one was for steve um and we were all doing like different jobs and then we would kind of like you know okay time to start shipping amazon orders or time to start shipping website or ebay orders or whatever it was um and then on top of that we were also consistently developing our website and we we're just like that was the worst part that was like something i i never want to have to go back yeah. to in my D life design <laughs> a website is not easy no it's it's like a lot of people don't understand how search engine optimization works yeah. if you want to get ranked you got to rewrite everything in your own language yeah and, um, otherwise Google's not gonna recognize you and um, I remember that going through like each product right. page and and redoing it uh, so that the SEO would would pick it up yeah yeah, yeah. and it I was, was doing that for speedo on our website yes yeah yeah well <laughs> I was staring at pictures of guys in the speedos okay. mm. <laughs> so Good times. i had uh, uh recognized opportunities in canada that were not really done before and i had contacted the companies for swimming which were like the main ones were uh tyr speedo uh, and a couple other random ones and i'm like yo we have people who do 
swim here. Like if you go to the there's schools in Brampton that literally have swim teams. So they yeah. need supplies. And there's only so many stores that offer the supplies. Now being on the border of Brampton and Vaughn, I saw an opportunity. I'm like, yo, let's like try to expand into different product lines that, you know, can help the local people and uh that's what we were trying to do so like yep. you said we were, we were constantly updating the website adding products every single day uh rewriting things reorganizing it was a lot of work for yeah. three people we were running it was crazy too because a lot of the customers that were coming through that would call they thought we were like this Big mega corporation, corporation yeah. right like this multi-billion <laughs> dollar corporation that we had like because it looked so clean and it was so operational online and then they would walk in the store and we're like, yeah, this is this is us. Yeah, There's literally it. three of us, right? Yeah. So, um, and we're all just kind of sitting in this back corner. I remember we had the L-shaped desk again. So it was uh, me on one side, Steve over here, and then I had to put a table, and then Moshi was opposed to, was it me or Steve? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I was beside Steve and right, uh, opposite you. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I had like the main L-shaped area because I needed all the extra space for like random papers and phone yeah. calls and whatever the hell yeah. I had to do, right? Um it was it was hectic though like it was a lot a lot to deal with on a daily basis but we had a, a we had a shit ton of fun though just constantly blasting yeah. random music and um the going fun to pizza nova almost every other day <laughs> no 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 uh gino's, gino's pizza yeah. which was terrible the pizza oh, was yeah. atrocious oh, so yeah, yeah it was awful it was either gino's which was right next door mm -hmm. or it was Timmy's Tim yeah. across, across the parking, the parking lot, lot yeah. the but. one thing that i remember that steve used to do all the time this was really funny because he didn't like wasting time having to go back and forth to tim's even though i would let him go i wouldn't I'm like dude you can take an hour lunch i don't care but he's like no no no, i cannot waste time because shit's got to get done and that's one thing i really liked about steve is that he was like a go-getter right yeah when when it's just you got when it's just us three right? you yeah. re, you realize like oh if something needs to get done exactly i have to do it mm -hmm. and it's like until i do it it doesn't get done exactly so, like you try to get as much as you can mm -hmm. done right? yeah because we were trying to like set dates on certain things like when a certain video would go up and we were, we were trying to do something different yeah. that would separate us i think i know what you're else. gonna say about how i would the come Tim's with two extra two, large yes. coffees <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he would come, he would walk in every morning with two massive extra large coffees. Yes. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with this? Like, are you going to drink them both in an hour? He's like, nope. I'm going to microwave yeah. the second one. I'm yeah. like, dude, that's disgusting. He's like, I don't care. You yeah. do what you got to do sometimes, right? Because we didn't really have like the space in there for like a percolator. Or, right. Uh, Keurig was not, I mean, it was kind of a thing, but not really a thing at the time. And, yeah. So uh, <laughs> big, big coffee drinkers, usually they'll make like a pot mm -hmm. and they'll just drink the pot throughout the day. And like, Which that's, that's totally normal. Yeah. It's like three, four cups of coffee, but mm -hmm. like you just reheat it whatever. So yeah. like, I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't want to go back and forth, so yeah, I just exactly. get two <laughs> massive coffees <laughs> and just like reheat the the second one once the time came. You know. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember. I remember those those days. Um, and then I remember you were still playing Pokemon Go. I think you were one of like the oh. last people that were still kind of playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had a the I had a weird relationship with games for a few years where I was very completionist. And especially if I was getting into a game as it was starting, like there was, uh, you have the opportunity to collect everything. Cause like if you're playing the game from the very beginning, 
you get all the limited time items. Like there wasn't, you don't have any events that you miss because you've been there from the beginning. So yeah. like, uh, I was in a period where I had this very completionist mentality about all the games I was playing. So like Pokemon Go, since I was there from launch day, I was like, okay, like I have to, you know, grind super hard to get, to get every every possible thing and. Like eventually, like you just stop caring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. it was good exercise. Though. Oh, for sure, for like, sure. Especially when you were spoofing, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. So yeah. So once we were at the shop, yeah. um, spoofing became popular, which was where you get uh, like a fake GPS app to 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 kind of mimic you your too? location. Choking? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. And so like you could be playing Pokemon Go and like pair. France when really you're just sitting in Brampton Ontario you know? <laughs> but like you needed to do that because there was uh, Pokemon that you could only catch in certain continents like right. each each area of the world had their region specific yeah. so it's like if I want to be a completionist I want to get them all I have to uh, travel to mm -hmm. these other places but like I can't I can't just go on a vacation to Australia to catch a Kangaskhan. Like, yeah. that's not, like, a, a justifiable use of my money. Yeah, <laughs> or, or time. I mean, it's a 20-hour it's a uh, flight over there, right? Um, yeah, I remember after you, I think you showed me how to start doing this spoofing thing. Um, so I started trying to do it. And I think I screwed up because I was like, kind of jumping from country to country really it, fast. Yeah, it was so finicky. <laughs> and I remember, I think I went to like Trinidad and then from Trinidad went to like uh, Dominican Republic and then to like somewhere else really quick. And then I think I got like a shadow soft, ban. Shadow yeah, ban you would or get whatever. soft banned yeah. and like nothing would show up for yeah. 30 minutes and or an like, hour. And I messaged Steve. I'm like, yo, I think I screwed up. What What's happening <laughs> here? He's like, oh, don't worry. Just go to a, a polka stop somewhere. And I think you said spin like 90 times yes. or something like that. If you just keep spinning. <laughs> yes. And I think I spoofed to it and then I just kept doing it. <laughs> And it started working again. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I knew all all the craziest tricks. Right? Like you had you'd been playing so much. I, re that... I remember remembered like I met some people at Square at Square One in Mississauga, this mall, because like there was all these Pokestops around the mall, so you could basically just like you know do a five minute walk, get all the Pokestops, and every five minutes they would refresh. You could go to the same one. Mm -hmm. So if you do this like five minute lap over and over and over again, you just get all the pokestops and like i met people there and uh it was like the first or second week and i had realized i was using um like lucky eggs or something it would like double the the hatch speed of your eggs and like give you like extra stuff when you went to pokestops and i realized i had been using those wrong because it would like double up your xp and everything too so i was like really big on on min maxing in games where it's like you get uh, you try to maximize every little ounce of value you can possibly get out of like the items and the free stuff they give you. So I realized I had completely screwed up. So I was like, I'm going to reset my account. And, and the guys I was playing with was like, we've been playing for like two weeks. It takes so much experience to like grind to this point. Like, how are you going to reset your account? I'm like, I'm going right. to reset my account. And within like, within the next week, I had already caught up and like surpassed where I was before because I was doing everything uh like the most efficient possible way that i wasn't and i had realized how to do this i was like it'll be worth it and like it totally was i totally nerded out way beyond uh any 
necessary means for that game like yeah went way too way too deep <laughs> no no regrets i think we did the same thing we went we ended up going to uh halifax at one point to hang out with our friend and um i think the entire time we were uh being tourists we were also playing pokemon go because it was so yeah. new it came out like what two weeks before he left or something like that yeah so it came out in june beginning of june 2016 and we were there i think in july yeah, yeah. it was it was so much fun we though. went out there and we caught like 300 cp dragonites Ooh. Yeah. oh it was amazing bro no mine Sorry, was mine was 300 yours was like 60 something yeah. yeah it was horrible um but yeah at least i caught it yeah i I unlocked it on the poke decks or whatever and i'm just like okay this is shitty i guess i just Um, posted a picture of that on my instagram the other day just like the beginning of pokemon go how the world there was world peace at that time it it was it was amazing every now and then i like going back to my old photos of like (laughs) when pokemon go first started and just like oh man Everybody was nice at that yes, time. Okay, it was like True. everybody was walking the street, the parks. Like it was just a different time for yeah. that month. That like yeah. the world went crazy. Yeah, it was really, like really I just good. made random friends with people at Square One that yeah. like I was like best friends with for a couple months. Yeah. And it was like just random people. And it's like, are you playing Pokemon Go? Yeah, and like you're yeah. just everybody. You're though, just friends. Everybody. Yeah. Like dude, even like like old people like yeah, boomers exactly. were like yes. walking because they I mean they walk anyways. Yeah. So now it's like they had a reason to do it. And even I recall like years later, like we're talking like after COVID or whatever, um, I wanted something to do as I was kind of just walking along. So I would go to Professor's Lake in Brampton and my normal routine was to do the entire, uh, you know, lake, the, yeah. the whole trail plus the sidewalk to reconnect back to the trail. And I'm like, I need something to do as I'm walking along um and i would start playing pokemon go again this was like many many years later i'd stopped playing i didn't really wasn't making any progress because i didn't play anymore um and then i'm just like getting really like getting really uh really into it again and then after a while i'm just like okay this is like slowing me down like i had, <laughs> I had to stop playing pokemon go because you would literally get caught up trying to catch every yeah, little yeah. thing that yeah. was there right and then you're detouring to get to the the pokestop and then you're going back on you're just like you're one one hour walk is now turning into two hours, yeah. including, you know, stopping. And then you stop and you're like, oh, I have to go back. I forgot I needed the, the Pidgey or whatever. Yeah. Right? And I was just like, okay, enough's enough. And it's yeah. just, I think it kind of died out a little bit. I don't know. Does anybody else still play? Do you guys know anybody who still plays? No, but like no. what you're, what you're describing that like urge to, to maximize yeah. like all your value when you're that's playing. That's what you're talking about. That's right? what I'm talking yeah. about. And yeah. it's like over the last couple of years, I've, I've started to chill out a bit. Yeah. Like, um have you guys played marvel snap it came out about a year ago no i saw it and no so like it's it's one of those games like every game you get these you know these daily challenges and like every six hours or whatever you get like two more but like you can only have six at a time so like you got to do your challenges before you get six so that you have room to get more so it's like the free-to-play grind is always making sure you have room to get more but it's like the last couple of weeks i'm just like i don't care anymore like (laughs) you can only you can only uh, Only accomplish so many things right yeah (laughs) it's like at the end of the day what is it getting me like nothing nothing nothing, and like i used to i think i used to justify um dedicating so many hours to these games because i was like okay if eventually if i make content on it i'll have this very Mm -hmm. 
robust account and I'll be able to make content on anything because I have everything. Mm -hmm. And like, eventually I realized I'm never going to make content on this. What am I kidding yeah. myself for? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of being like a YouTuber. You're, I find when you're, when you actually are doing YouTube, there comes a time when you start trying to make everything into content yes it you're becomes... like how can i monetize every part of my life right yeah. <laughs> right and there's like for me there's i've never really been like that but i mean i guess i try to experiment here and there but um over time i kind of realized that there are certain things about my life that i'd rather just keep private like there's no reason to like no first of all nobody's gonna be interested in that second of all there's no it, it's literally just trying to um make almost kind of like a cash grab kind of thing where it's like you're trying to squeeze every minute or two out of you know content just to try and make the video longer or whatever it might be yeah um and i just i didn't really see the point in it because it wasn't that exciting but there are certain aspects that it's like i realized that um sometimes the content is not super exciting like you're just watching us like for example our last trip we went to vancouver and alberta and all those things and it's like people are not super interested in every little detail about like a little bit of a trip but for me it was like it was personally enjoyable to share like us having a good time right because it's very rare nowadays that i'll actually take a vacation because i'm consistently just always constantly working i'm always working on on something so to actually have just like a moment where it's like i could just be stupid and just walk through a park and have a good time and um start you know teaching people about plants in the middle of a, a park which was just a part of a vlog that i did recently but like stuff like that like it's not super exciting and not every one of my fans is going to be excited to watch something like that but there are a certain amount of people that will and for me it was just like fun enough that i wanted to share that little experience with people but at the same time it's like nobody needs to watch me sleep nobody needs to watch me eat my dinner at the end of the day i don't need to share every single aspect of my life there are certain things that need to remain private right yeah so it's it's like when when twitter first became a thing people were like oh t tweeting about like brushing my teeth right, or going to the right. washroom it's like you I don't think, need to tell the world everything. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to broadcast your entire life. I think what happened there was that because Twitter was kind of, it was so new and experimental. Yeah. I don't even think Twitter knew or understood what their purpose was, that they were kind of like, oh, share what you're doing. Because that was like a thing on Facebook, like yes. your Facebook status. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and everybody was sharing, you know, the moment they went pee or poo. Right. <laughs> and it was like, that was the thing to do because these companies didn't really like they knew they had a purpose but they just didn't know what those purposes were the the early years of social media was something else eh? oh, 100% 100% so different pictures um, of your dinner pictures of your breakfast yeah pictures of your dog yeah, yeah. food porn yeah. right you just, food yeah porn. you would just share like a picture of your craft dinner or whatever your mm -hmm. mac daddy um hell yeah that you, you used to be i've always daddy. i've always thought it'd be interesting to kind of make a video going through like the different um the evolution the, yeah the different media. periods that the internet has gone right? through over the last like 20 years like we yeah. had MySpace. uh we had like memes <laughs> before the word meme became a thing like remember lolcats not really like, remember the word like what the, is that? it's like a a picture with a cat doing something stupid and would have like top text and bottom text it would oh, just okay. be some dumb caption of like a c cat wow. doing something and oh, it's like okay. the original meme it, and it was um 
this website like I can has cheeseburger and <laughs> you would just like sign up to this website and get like these daily cat pictures and it was like That's memes funny. before memes were a thing you know it's awesome yeah what I remember is like something called friends pages and it was friend just pages like, yeah yes. you can and make it was your like, own website yeah and yes. it was so silly and it was just like it was fun to kind of just like experiment because you were kind of it was almost like the pretext to learning how to code a website yeah right because you were kind of learning how like everything operates how to like where everything's positioned well, like your cooler and... more savvy friends would have all these cool like html right, things right. and you'd be like how you do that and then you just yeah. copy their code and exactly like, change exactly. the words yeah. and that, that was like a really cool way to kind of really start learning how the internet operates and then obviously you had things like myspace that came out and then myspace was so much fun like because yeah. it was just so raw and just it was a lot of it was based on music um Man. you know that was like the, the early early stages and then i think facebook was just after that um there was msn chat um, msn messenger there was yahoo messenger yeah. somewhere in between there and then those eventually disappeared um Man. msn messenger and yahoo yahoo chat None of my friends, for the most part, for some reason, used it. I only used it because I had some family members that used it. Um, I don't think I even knew that was a thing. No? A a no. Yahoo Chat? I remember. Didn't AOL have a messenger, too? They did, yeah. yeah, yeah I, so I think that. AOL was probably first. I remember but... hearing about, like, American kids. They would use, like, a ICQ right. and AOL. We right. so would just right. use right. MSN. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, I had learned how to use Yahoo. main reason was because... Um, you could go into this was really dangerous. Um, oh, the a, chat room, right? Yeah, as a 12, 13 oh, yeah. year old, I was gonna kid. say, when we were a teenager, the internet Dude, was like the wild it, west. I was about to say that <laughs> it was literally the wild, wild west. Like, you could literally go into so I remember, okay, this is kind of like a, a little bit of an explicit story, but this is just to give you an idea of exactly what Steve is talking about. So, I remember I would go into these Yahoo chats, and you could there was like areas that were like dedicated to people of certain ages certain interests um you know people who were interested in dating or whatever it might be like there was all these different like categories and i do remember msn had something but msn got rid of their random chat area well before yahoo did yahoo was like one of the very last ones to have the random chat room and then there was things like chat roulette which was just a whole other yeah. scenario <laughs> um but when i was young i remember this and i don't think i've ever shared this online this is kind of a crazy story but um i do remember when webcams first became a big thing yeah right and people just go on webcams and whatever and it's like you could open your webcam and anyone in the actual chat room could just click on it and open it so what i remember is being in this random chat room and um I was chatting with a person, whatever, and I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about, but the most common thing that people would say was, hello, ASL. ASL. I was just going to say age, that. Age, sex, location. Yes. So you'd be like, oh, I'm, and I was just like, you know, I didn't care. I was like, uh, 13 male Canada. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, saying Brampton, people would, from the U.S. or anywhere around the world, would never know. It's Hobacoke. It's Hobacoke. <laughs> right? Um yeah so i was chatting with some person they're like oh let's go on webcam open yours up so i'd open mine it was just literally me like as if you know i'm sitting here right now yeah just much innocent kid trying to play have a hotel you know Exa oh my exactly. god have a hotel <laughs> what was that play what it's a game it was a, one of the early online games imagine, oh, imagine a yahoo chat room but you get to have an avatar and walk around oh, yeah. <laughs> okay that, that actually sounds kind of fun though um but yeah so i remember opening up my webcam and then I opened up theirs 
What I saw on that webcam was somebody doing things with themselves. Um, bullying male, themselves. Bullying themselves. <laughs> yeah. Bullying themselves on camera. So I remember, I'm like, oh, what the hell? So I'm trying to close the, the webcam. I click the X that should have closed it. Instead, what does it do? It maximizes the screen. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? No, no. And I'm like trying to hit the escape. Nothing's where I don't know if it was just a computer malfunction or somehow they had you managed got a virus to, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what if somebody comes downstairs? They're going to see me looking at this per me watching this person hurt themselves or doing whatever they're doing on camera. <laughs> I don't even want to be in this chat room. I don't, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, okay, plug like i'm pretty sure i just like stopped uh, i turned off the computer and i left the house i'm like okay it's time to go back to the good old outdoors yeah, right enough of, grass, this, you know? enough of this yahoo chat business but like that's the thing that people were were doing yeah, back the, day. the like, internet was crazy it was, yeah, it was <laughs> there was uh some serious like savagery going on it was just so messed up and then there was neopets neopets was oh neopets. i love neopets Loved. the website still exists like yeah. you can literally still play neopet but who yeah. the hell has i am their servers have slowed down because i'm pretty sure they've like downgraded at this point because yeah. nobody has their I original mean, accounts it's, anymore. it's probably isn't it just a flash or html game yeah. like it's it, it's probably crawling at yeah, this point exactly like, <laughs> like there's you click it it probably takes like 30 days to get to the next page right doesn't like java and flash like not exist anymore oh, <laughs> it still right? exists it's just it's not there's no like back end to it like there's no real support to it or something yeah like, like it ceased yeah. it ceased support like a year or two ago i remember that <laughs> maybe even longer i i don't even know but yeah those were those were like Good old days, man. Good old days. Oh man, the old games you would play in the browsers. I remember we would play like these drag racing games mm -hmm. in browsers. Yeah, like Miniclip.com oh, and AddictingGames.com. Yeah, so good. What we remember, Stick Death. The Stick Death. Yeah, yes. I was just about to yeah. say Stick Death. Stick Death was just like <laughs> something. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah there was uh, what was it? E Bombs World. E Bombs World. Yeah. 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 And Newgrounds. Newgrounds. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wow. I remember that one now. Yeah, those were some some dangerous. Not safe websites. for work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Work, yeah. Is that what that is? NSFW yes. or whatever? Okay. Yeah. I never knew. I thought I was just thought that meant like, oh, there's porn ahead, which usually is what that means. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't open at the office. <laughs> yeah, or school. <laughs> but um, yeah. So apart from that, I think. Uh, so now you're living in Toronto. Um, so what is it like living in the uh, the biggest Canadian city, which would be like the smallest American city in perspective? Yeah. Uh, what's it like living in Toronto? What's uh, how do you liking it? I mean, uh, it's it's great. I live like a thirty minute walk from the office, so mm -hmm. uh, you know I don't I don't have a car. Anything I need is within walking distance yeah. or subway or streetcar. Um, it does make like visiting relatives and yeah. people complicated yeah. like to to come see you guys today i had to take an uber for mm -hmm. like an hour oh, um, wow. so like i'm kind of far away from everybody but it's cool being in you know the heart of downtown because mm -hmm. like before if i wanted to go to a concert or an event or something i would have to leave like two three hours in advance now i'm like 20 minutes away you know like yeah. i'm right there and um it's it's super loud uh you know I'm, all the time right i'm in like an 11th floor apartment and sound kind of carries upwards mm -hmm. 
Um, so you just kind of got to get used to it. Like there's constant sirens, constant traffic. Uh, I often play uh, Magic with a couple of people in a Discord. We play via webcam. Mm -hmm. So like uh, lately, because it's so hot outside, I got to open up all the windows and like I have to mute my mic like every other minute because there's just like a fire truck going by or a oh, cop car man. going by and it's so loud all the time but like I mean I used to sleep through rock concerts so <laughs> you, you get used to it right but uh, I love living downtown I love it the convenience of it is, is something else yeah and it's cool just being being like in the city like brampton is a city but like and like downtown brampton is a thing but like downtown toronto it just hits different you know there's like, no real culture downtown brampton it's never really yeah. existed much there's been like a few developments like you know we got the rose theater in the square yeah but that's really about it right there's gauge park i mean what do you do there during the summer you go and walk around a circle during the winter what do you do there you skate around in a circle so yeah. it's always just circle related at the end of the day there's not really much <laughs> yeah, going on there's not like you know a spectacular amount of restaurants there's a couple here and there some have popped up some have disappeared um, my favorite is Vesuvio's but even that's kind of like it doesn't hit the same as it used to because the businesses downtown Brampton are just they've been suffering especially through COVID they had such a hard time right. um, that they had to like minimize their menu they've never really kind of gotten back to you know what it was before that whole uh, thing and um yeah toronto is like i don't know i kind of partially grew up in toronto so i know what the the feel is i mean we weren't like right downtown like you're much closer than where we were yeah um but we were kind of like more so on the outskirts but close enough that you know within a 10 minute drive you were at the cn tower um so i i remember it um i don't really like i don't know i'm just not as i've gotten older I don't really appreciate the city as much as I used to anymore. It's just like, it's too busy, can't be bothered to deal with traffic. Um, and it's just, I prefer, I don't know, it's just like the old man in me at this point where it's just like, I prefer the peace and quiet. I'd much rather yes. go and stick my myself in the middle of the woods somewhere um, where I don't have all this, right. this annoying sound I'm, everywhere. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Like, I can't stand other mm. people like i'm one of those people who it's, it's just like when i'm in public it's like god damn everyone around me is just an idiot why is, <laughs> why is everyone such an idiot yeah. and it's just like i'll be walking down the street and there'll be like people walking like four wide when mm. like the sidewalk is only enough for like people to get Two, by like yeah. yeah like a one lane type of sidewalk and it's like why are you walking four wide you've seen me coming for 50 feet and you still haven't gotten behind yeah. each other it's just yeah. stuff like that it's like yeah. i hate people yeah but like i just um you know like i like the feeling of like things going on around me mm -hmm. and like i can i walk home from work and there's a like a field i walk by there's always mm -hmm. people like throwing the ball around or yeah. running around with their dogs it's just like there's always something happening and mm -hmm. it just it feels uh it feels alive yeah you know yeah whereas like when you're in your kind of suburban you know, Brampton home that I grew up in. It's like in order to get to an event or go somewhere where something's happening, you, you have to travel. Yeah. 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 And uh, you can't just walk down the street and mm -hmm. see something cool. Whereas like in Toronto, uh, you know, you, you, you go, you go in any direction and you can find something going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not really much of a fan of the suburbs. I've just been kind of forced to be there at this point. I think we all kind of were because we all yeah. kind of grew up there. None of us really yeah. grew up in like, you know, the farm or the countryside or anything like that. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've just developed an appreciation. Obviously, I like experiencing certain cities, but within, you know, limits. There's got to be limitations to that, too. I just, I would never be able to, like, handle living downtown and experiencing, like, what you said. A with, lot like, of people. With the stupidity of people. And I realized yeah. this recently, too, um, when we were in Vancouver, um, when we did the Capilano Bridge, which I have this really cool espresso cup. Of. <laughs> what it is, is, like, this suspension bridge. You guys probably saw it oh, on the cool. blog channel. And... I don't like heights, but I was willing to do it anyways just because I wanted to experience it. And I'm trying to gradually get over my fear of heights, no matter how terrible it is. Um, the problem that I was realizing is, like you said, is how stupid people are. Because you're yeah. trying to cross this scary-ass <laughs> suspension bridge that's literally going like this as you're stepping on it. So it's swinging. Like, at every... Because there's, like probably 40 people crossing at any given point going in both directions in two lanes. Then all of a sudden you have two people who are stopped dead in the middle of this bloody bridge and they're all taking selfies and yeah. pictures with each other. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me right now. Yeah. Do like, you there not are... realize there's a constant right. flow of traffic? Like there are like... people, first of all, there are like, you're being very inconsiderate because there are people like myself who are like literally testing their limits and I'm cool. As long as I keep moving, I'm okay. Right. But you forced me to stop. Now I ain't okay anymore. Yeah, now I'm panicking. Now I'm, I'm looking, looking around. This yeah. whole thing is swinging. You got kids running in opposite direction. You got the people on the on the speakers going, you know. Um, now you, you got know. time to think about how scared exactly, you are. Exactly. Yeah. And about, oh, if I, uh, what in me will break when I hit the bottom of that ground down there, right? And you're just thinking of all these crazy scenarios yeah, like and how things. How far will my knees go through my torso? Right, right. And you're just <laughs> oh, like, you're, the weird things go through your head when you're doing stuff like this. And the funniest part was was Mike. We've had him on the show multiple times. And uh, he was going to do it. So we bought these tickets. And they were like 70 bucks a piece. It's not cheap. To, to cross, cross a, the bridge. To cross a bridge is 70 bucks a piece. Honestly, like, in a way, it is kind of worth it just because of the amount of things you have included. If you have the time to do everything, you can make it worth your time and the money that you've just spent. So the problem was is that Mike, like myself, is bad with heights probably under certain aspects worse than myself <laughs> so i was trying to actually do a live stream which failed miserably because the second i got took a step onto the bridge i guess because i was entering a valley the stream just the the, the reception just went kaput so the stream was a no-go i had to uh, cancel and i ended up doing one hours later in whistler bc instead and um, so we stepped onto this bridge and mike was ahead of me and he starts going oh my god oh my god I can't do this. I'm like, I'm like, you're okay, dude. You're, you're good, bro. You're good. Just keep going. Just keep going. His wife's ahead of him. And I think our friend Anthony was ahead of her. And uh, he gets a little bit, he's like testing himself. And I could see him holding on. He's like shaking at this point. He's like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And he literally like oh, yeah. spins around really quick and just runs off the bridge. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, I guess you're waiting for us to come back, right? It so, is super scary, though. It is, yeah. I haven't been on that bridge, but just like anything heights wise. Mm -hmm. You know how I got over it? Oh. How I got over my fear of heights? Oh. <laughs> Skydiving. Oh, yeah. I remember you, you did that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you were managed. How was that? For scary? the first half, it's scary as hell. The I second half, free. Just yeah. like. From like an actual wow. plane? 
Yeah, yeah. Like literally skydiving. They they you pay, they take you up, and you're strapped to the back of a guy who knows what they're doing. That's <laughs> who awesome. knows how to pull the cord, yeah. Yeah. I would like to do that, but I don't think I could handle it. I think it would just it would be so much anxiety to me that it would literally age me 20 years in five minutes like i that's the thing though it's like it's just the anxiety behind it right and it's like i'm slowly getting better i've done like some serious like heights and climbs i remember there was one time we were in new mexico we were in albuquerque and um there's a mountain there it is called uh i don't even remember anymore but it's twelve thousand five hundred feet in the air we're at the top of this mountain and i'm with my friend yasko and I'm holding his camera, helping him film his intro for his video. So his idea was, oh, I'm just going to run towards the end, the edge and then stop and then turn around. And that's the way my video starts. So he runs towards the edge, but he skips. He like skids oh, through the dirt no. towards the edge. And my heart literally like I felt my heart actually like <laughs> and then just stop. Right. I'm like, no, this motherfucker is going to like die on camera. Right. And he literally skips and he's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. And I'm like, go screw yourself, Chaz. Like, why'd you have to do that in the first place? Like, oh my God, that was that was terrifying, dude. Being that <laughs> high up and like my my blood was already like pumping. My my brain's already thinking of like how the knee's going through my chest sort of thing, right? I'm just like, no, no, I can't I can't do this. This is too much. But yeah, the, the Capilano Bridge. So the other part that kind of really pissed me off about how stupid people are in public <laughs> Um, there's like a cliff walk thing. This is completely separate from the bridge, but you have to cross the bridge or no, actually, no, you can go back and then do it. Or I don't even remember anymore. Um, but basically it's this single person pathway that they built. That's just bolted onto the side of the cliff and it's pretty traumatizing. And it was the same, we had the same scenario. It was me and my friend, Anthony, and it was the same scenario. We're walking along and these people just stop. And the worst part is that it was literally just a one person thing, right? So we're waiting and waiting. We're like, dude, like, what are you guys doing? Like, they wouldn't let us pass or pass them, right? And they're like, oh, are you, are you, are you want to be in our picture? And Anthony's like, fuck no. Like, why are you just stopping just here? Yeah. yeah, just get out of my way. Like, I'm already traumatized at this point. I just need to keep moving. I'm trying to enjoy the view, but I'm also <laughs> trying not to shit my pants at the same time, right? Yeah. right? And I just need you to get out of my way. Right. Like stop being an asshole. Get to a platform where you can move out of the way, let everyone pass and then go back and do your photos. Right. And it's just like same thing. Like I hate people like that. (laughs) But Oh, my God. And I find a lot of people like like zombie people, like they move without purpose. Yeah. Right. They're they're just I personally I move very quick because I need to just get to my destination, do what I need to do and then get the hell out of there. Right. And then it's like when you're walking through Walmart and you have like the people who are like blocking the whole aisle Mm -hmm. and they're just slowly moving and they're just like not looking at anybody else and they're just like observing and they're just completely like zombified. (laughs) Right. Like they've turned into complete zombies and it's not to be mean to people, but that's just like for me, it's just like I'm always like kind of on the move like um, i move so quickly right every every now and then i'll rent rent a car to to do what i gotta do and i've when driving i've noticed that people like people drive like the same way yeah. uh, that they walk like no one wants to be behind somebody mm-hmm. everyone is always trying to get in front of that person and so like it's the same thing when you're walking nobody wants to be walking behind somebody yeah. so what they'll do is they'll walk next to the person at the same speed 
which means you can't pass them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to walk at the same speed, just single file it. And it's like, people just don't want to be behind somebody yeah. else. It's this weird psychological thing. I don't know, man. People are people are kind of weird. But um, <laughs> so you did mention before this that you're going to uh, to Vegas soon. So yes, what, what is that for work or no? Okay, so um, uh, like I mentioned, about a year, almost two years now, I got into Magic: The Gathering, right. the card game. Yeah, and they started doing now that you know COVID restrictions have mm-hmm. eased up the last couple of years. They started doing in person events. Right. And so at the end of September, they're doing a, I think it's called Magic Con or Command Fest, something or other. And they're doing it in Vegas. And um, I wanted to go, I wanted to like travel last year. I couldn't find anyone to go with me. And then this year, uh, same thing. I was kind of like saving up money uh, Mm -hmm. all year and then um, trying to find something to do. And then... This came up and it's like, well, I, I was thinking last year, I was thinking of going to Vegas just just for just the for hell fun. of it. Yeah. yeah. And like now it's like, oh, this cool event is happening. I can go and, you know, play games with like-minded people. But I can also go to Vegas, mm-hmm. which is an awesome, exciting place. And um, and yeah, so I, I splurged a little. I probably could have saved a ton of money on the hotel <laughs> and a ton of money on the plane tickets. But yeah. I was like... Screw it. I'm going big. Um, I could have, like, I could have, I could have saved so much money on the plane tickets, but I was like, I don't want to stay over like four hours and get a second flight. I just want it to be one solid, one straight, yeah, straight one shot. straight get shot. Away. So I paid an yeah. extra few, few extra hundred dollars for that convenience. Mm-hmm. And um, I got like a really, really nice hotel. Um, it's called like the Mirage. I oh, think okay. it was yeah. it was recently bought by like the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. So eventually they're gonna like change the whole design of it. But right now it has they're probably like, gonna turn it into a giant guitar. Yes, yes. Which I've actually been to one of those in Fort Lauderdale, and it's like the coolest th- thing ever, except for the actual casino itself which just <laughs> robbed this all blind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual hotel was like spectacular, but. I didn't know that, that they were actually turning the Mirage. So they're going to convert because the Mirage is old. Yeah. Right? So and right it's... right now it has this kind of like volcano attraction. Okay. And like it's like this show that happens kind of right. like the Bellagio Fountain. Right, it's one right, of those right. things they do in Vegas. So mm-hmm. I got like a room with like a really sweet volcano view. Nice. And uh, yeah. I didn't know that be, was a thing. It's going to be <laughs> That's awesome. That's I'm, I'm going by myself but uh the event is friday saturday sunday but i'm going wednesday to wednesday Mm -hmm. and i'm just hoping you know maybe when i'm there friday saturday sunday i can you know make some friends to to do other things with after after hours you know um if not i'm sure i mean vegas is a big place with tons of tourists i'm sure let me tell you you can make good friends with slot machines over there yeah and also the dealers i'm sure i'll enjoy myself right do you do you gamble no, but no. like I'm obviously going to, and yeah, uh, you're gonna th- let me tell you that's where the addiction begins. Um, <laughs> I've been to Vegas two times, I think now, and um, I'm not much of a gambler myself, but the whole atmosphere vegas is a dangerous place and i think this is why they call it sin city because yeah. they built this it's the atmosphere, and that's what's so exciting about it. You can go to any other casino in the world. 
and then you end up at Caesars, and it's just like a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's there's just something about it. I right? like I like to indulge, and like if if you right. know me, I like to buy expensive things. I like mm-hmm. to treat my loved ones to to very expensive yeah. things and dinners and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like I'm pro like. I've already spent a few thousand just on my accommodations and my travel over there. I'm yeah. <laughs> probably going to spend a few it's, more thousand on it's worth it, entertainment though. when I'm yeah. there. So. It's, it's worth it. There's a lot to do. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, there's events always going on. Uh, the Bellagio Fountain, honestly, dude, the first day that you get there, if you're not busy, just take a walk down the strip. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it during the day and then in the early evening. At a certain time when you start seeing the tourists kind of dissipate, try not to hang around anymore because that's when all the drug dealers and the hookers come out. Because <laughs> uh, that's what we experience. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, the, the the dealers, they stand there on, like, in a in a row on the on the side there along the strip, and they're not, they're not shy about it, right? Like, you're just walking by, and they're like, hey, man, want to buy some Coke? Right? I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm good. Right. And it's like it was like every like couple feet. Right. Um, but it's a cool experience. Like during the day, um, go and check out Caesars. Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, go and check out the Bellagio Fountain. It's just it's so unique because they have the music playing and the whole fountains going along with the music. Um, they have all the women with the, uh, the like flamingo kind yeah, the of feathery, like feathery thing. type yeah. of things. And, Bolas or whatever right. they're called. There's all sorts of different entertainment things. The food is amazing. If yeah. you want like food that's not super expensive, um, I found the Venetian. There's a mall that's kind of like attached to the Venetian, which is where um, there's an old antique store. There's actually two of them. There's an old antique store that Michael Jackson uh, did a the BBC documentary years ago. Okay. Remember when he walked in, he bought literally like millions of dollars of like basically the whole store. <laughs> oh, There's yeah. a, the store is there, and the, like we went in there, right? And these people are like giving us dirty looks, right? And it's like, dude, like, what do you like? Well, I could buy this if I want. I think maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brent, give me your MX card. <laughs> Just show them who's boss. But um, yeah, it's it's so unique. You, Vegas is like every. Every hotel, every casino is so unique. Paris is like, it's like a, a cheapy hotel, but the inside of the actual casino looks cool because it's from the outside, it's the Eiffel Tower. And then you go on the inside, it looks like you're looking at the sky, but parts of the Eiffel Tower are coming through. Um, the Luxor was one place that I stayed at, which was really unique because it's just a giant pyramid. Yes. Um, and apparently their light beam is so powerful that it kills like thousands of birds a year. Oh my God. <laughs> because of just how like powerful the thing is. Um, I but- was watching a video of someone like doing hotel reviews mm-hmm. the other day and like they were at like the top of the Luxor and because it's a pyramid. Uh, once you get to like that top floor where all the hotel rooms are, you can kind of like look over the oh, balcony dude. and the drop is so far. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. I've, so that was the room that I had. So when we went there, um, we booked rooms that were supposed to be in the separate towers, which were the newer towers. And when we got there, they only had one left. I'm like, you guys suck. You gave us two, but you only had one available. So they ended up upgrading us which i don't see how it was even really much of an upgrade but it was an upgraded comfort room in the luxor in the luxor in the pyramid side so the the interesting the cool thing it 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 was a very unique place just because it's a pyramid first of all it's very confusing that's the one thing you're going to find in in vegas is you're going to get lost you're going to (laughs) walk into a casino because every main floor of every hotel is a casino right right so you're going to be walking through 
it would literally take you like half an hour to 40 minutes just to walk to the parking lot and then back into wherever like your room or something yeah. like it's it's crazy and um the the thing that was crazy about the luxor is that the elevator because it's a pyramid the elevator actually goes on a angle yeah right? it's not just straight up that's what they were saying in the video yeah. it's so disorienting yeah it, it, it feels weird because you're kind of like rocking like this and then at first you're kind of trying to figure out why you're wrong and then they have the signs and they're like oh well this hotel the elevator is the first of its kind that actually goes in a diagonal yeah, it's motion like, yeah yeah and then when you get up there and you're like looking over and there's no barrier right so it's just like they have a, a small little barrier and then you're like looking over and you're like okay this is kind of freaky right like yeah, you're really, i can't really imagine like going home to your hotel room like drunk and like oh, looking dude, over the that's edge what i was thinking i'm oh, like dude how God. many people have like dropped over the edge of this thing oh, right man. um but yeah we've done the the luxor i think we did the palms or something like that which is more basic kind of like nice but basic ish uh, i've done caesar's palace my friend brent's done like all sorts of different hotels he's been to the flamingo which was one of the oldest on the strip if you want to save money you go to old vegas but the hotels there are not nearly as nice like the strip is is where it's at yeah right? so yeah. like where you're going the mirage is a really good choice yeah i uh i, I spared no expense mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm gonna go all out, you know. Yeah. That's also what the old guy said in the Jurassic Park, and we all know how that went. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll you'll have a really good time. Vegas is uh, is a lot of fun. Um, I think there's one more thing here that Mo wanted to kind of ask you about. Which one is that? The very last one there. Oh yeah, let me just read it off. My laptop died. So. Uh, it's also uh, on the screen there. <laughs> Hey, Steve, so what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about um, AI and video creation? And is it something that you've, we, we talked about it quickly before we started, but is there anything that is something that you have been able to incorporate at all into the YouTube video process? Or maybe, you know, uh, I guess you, you guys have spoken about it on a company level. Yeah, no, it's not something I've tried or, or toyed around with it kind of in a way it like scares me a little the like how yeah. how kind of smart it can be yeah um, what's what, what scares you about it well it's just like you know you've seen all those sci-fi movies mm -hmm. eventually ai gets smart enough and it realizes like oh how do i like they design it to solve problems right, right. and then the ai is like well how do i solve the biggest problem of like uh uh, you know, global warming or right. the world like going to shit, and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. I to solve this problem, I gotta destroy all the humans. They're yeah. the ones that are causing all these issues, that's right. and so it's just like, eventually, even if that's not the case, what if the AI just consumes all of our media and like, f like watches all the the movies and books where that happens? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like. Um, I just referenced Jurassic Park, but I'll reference it again. When you uh, desi design creatures, you know, out of your, I guess, the enjoyment of just simply redesigning them from history, and then they go and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Kind of like the same thing, but, right? Uh, but no, I've never used it to make a video. I've seen, mm. I've seen like, different uh, kind of topics on it, like... Um, uh, I watched these guys play play magic and like the other day they did a, a video where like they told chat GPT you know make me a magic the gathering deck with like this kind of theme to it and so like 
they all play these ridiculous nonsense piles of cards that the AI thought was good, but like it wasn't good. But yeah. so like that's kind of the humor of it. Like, and there was one I saw the other day where like these lawyers tried to use Chat GPT to to you know build their case. Oh wow! And Chat GPT ended up like making up a bunch of fake cases and citing a bunch of fake cases as precedent. And like these lawyers got like blown out because like. They didn't basically read any of the stuff that ChatGPT spat out. Yeah, and... and it's like uh, it's it's That's cool. Crazy. It's cool what it's capable of, but like you mm -hmm. also have to. Uh, I feel like it's... know what you're getting into, mm -hmm. and yeah. like it only it can only produce uh, uh, things. It can only recreate. Like it's not giving you um, original stuff. Like it's taking pieces and bits of information that it's finding across the web mm -hmm. and formulating an answer for you. So it's not creating anything new and original. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of a slippery slope. Um, and yeah, like in the, in the office, uh, we've had, we've had people say like, you know, don't, don't use this because what it spits out, you know, we don't have the legal rights to, right. and you don't uh, know if it's, if it's, um, What's the word if it's like plagiarizing? Right. right. And so like some people in the corporate world might use it to uh, write copy for their article or write copy for their website or for their, their next ad campaign. And, uh, you know, while it's it's really good at spitting out a nice, concise, professional sounding thing, if you don't like meticulously check it, sometimes it just says complete nonsense that yeah, like yeah. isn't actually true <laughs> and right. it sounds smart but it's not true and you know you don't nobody owns the content that comes out of that mm -hmm. so it's it's dangerous to use it in uh, a corporate sense or right. business aspect yeah i mean on the last episode we had our friend rap a song that chat gpt literally made for us on the spot which was interesting because it wasn't like a profoundly it spat out the lyrics or it gave you like yeah. audio it, it gave no it gave us the lyrics oh, okay right? i didn't try anything with audio in that I've, I've seen those videos where people get like an ai voice to simulate like yes. tupac or yeah. jay-z yeah. so there's a new thing and this is becoming very dangerous at the same time because um there's a i can't remember if a uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I've heard of it. I think it's called like Eleven Studios or something. I could be just completely wrong, misspeaking here, but I think it's called like Eleven Studios or something along those lines. And basically what you do is all you have to do is input a one-line thing from people and it can regenerate your voice. And um, you can literally re like write an essay or a story using your voice, for example. So like let's say I say get you to say hello my name is steve and then put it into this program the whole program can essentially recreate your voice by that one phrase yeah. which is crazy um because i've been hearing there's a new scam going around um where i think my mom told me about it a couple of days ago and i'm like really i'm like that's kind of like crazy but i see where they're going with it and people have to be very cautious about stuff like this is they'll call these scammers will call you and they will basically call you and pretend like they're losing signal and they'll be like hey steve it's me blah 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 can you hear me and you'll be like yes and yes yeah. you're cutting out can you hear me and you'll say yes they're recording yeah, the they're phone getting your call voice. yeah so that way when they call using 
f with your personal information to like let's say your telecom company or anything for like your house all of a sudden when the person is asking you on the phone, like the representative from that company is asking you on the phone, do you agree with this? All yeah, you have they, to say have is yes no. they have your canned response. They have your canned response. Yes, <laughs> right. But they don't know that it's a recording of yeah. you going, Jim. Right? Can you? Hear? Yes, I can hear you, Jim. Yes. The right. <laughs> like, the last couple of weeks, I've been seeing these videos on YouTube where mm -hmm. it's like it'll be like Joe Biden. Obama and Trump mm -hmm. and it'll be like AI voice but they're like arguing over like which Yu-Gi-Oh card right? is the best yes. yeah it's like yes. dumb I've shit like those. that oh it's my god so they're funny. amazing <laughs> yeah. dude those videos screw you Obama I have the best Yu-Gi-Oh card yes. I confirm it is made in America <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make Yu-Gi-Oh great again it's gonna be amazing yeah, yeah. there's uh yeah the, the AI do, bro, is... the AI stuff is getting pretty crazy yeah. and so in terms of like YouTube stuff, there's mm -hmm. sometimes you see these channels and they're they're spitting out like like the five minute crafts channel, those kind of things, and they're, they're spitting out like five to seven videos a day, and it's like how does you can't possibly have a human pumping all these no. out? Like it has no. to be AI generated somehow. So like there are people that are using it on a crazy scale to like mass produce youtube content yeah. mm -hmm. but that is like beyond my understanding yeah. <laughs> oh 100 yeah i like i know so i've spoken to some people that they've told me that they're they've experimented with it and that they can literally recreate an entire video um the thing makes a video for them it tells yeah. an entire story it recreates their voice and it sounds almost identical to them it's noticeable that it is different but I mean, on YouTube, like, who the hell is going to notice the difference yeah. when it's literally just narrating a story and then they'll chop out the parts that are irrelevant and then they'll just edit them and republish them. Yeah, it is actually making things a little bit more uh, convenient because mm -hmm. now on YouTube, um, I think it's still in beta. Only some channels have access to it, but you can have uh, AI generated uh, voiceover in different languages. Oh, wow. So, f oh. for example, like I've been uploading, like I've been making all these different uh, Paw Patrol channels at my job in all these different languages. Mm -hmm. um, and it does it automatically? No, but like I have all the languages uh, in like the cartoon in different languages. Oh, okay. But like yeah. moving forward, uh, now, for example, like we have all this like Bakugan content and we're like, oh, what if we want to make a German channel and there's now there's a possibility of instead of like uh you know paying a studio to like redub all this content in mm -hmm. German or something we could just use like the AI generated voiceover and it's it's still kind of in those beta stages yeah. and it's a little finicky I mean somebody would still have to kind of check it over to make sure right. it's accurate right, right before you go and but like there are weird and there are like tools and stuff like that that they're creating to make uh make content creation easier and and more accessible in to reach people in different countries mm -hmm. uh so that's all positive but yeah. like uh chat yeah. chat gpt i don't know <laughs> that don't it know, knows man. too much <laughs> it's i mean i find chat gpt to be pretty basic so far from just from yeah. what i've done with it it's just like simple responses and it's uh the way they originally programmed it not to get into anything political but um the way they had originally programmed it it was just kind of like uh i don't even know how to describe it it's kind of like very one-sided 
for one. It's like they programmed it to think only one side politically, which literally just makes no sense because it's supposed to be a computer program and it's supposed to just kind of give you neutral responses, right? But it was pretty obvious and this was kind of in the early days and then there was a way to hack it, something to do, I don't even remember what though, it's something to do with, uh, I don't even remember the name of it anymore. I'm trying to remember it off, uh, remember it off the top of my head. There was a, a way that you could input something and you would bypass the pre-programming and you can basically get it to give you a normal neutral response without the actual parameters that the developers had created um, that would essentially give it a very forced answer instead of a very neutral and natural response using all sorts of different data and statistics, right? It's It seems like one of those things, like I haven't tried mm -hmm. using ChatGPT, but I feel like if I did, I would just get like sucked in for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> for me personally, I would get kind of bored because it's like, I, I I don't know it's just like i tried it we tried it with the rap song we tried it with a couple of different things and it was just like it made up remember with ethan it was talking about we have a friend ethan the, you mentioned the guy with the hot wheels cars yes, right? so yeah so ethan um he was actually on another youtuber's channel and for some reason on it, it's like the actual uh docu-series is available and it's listed on imdb even though it's just a docu-series on YouTube from another YouTuber. And um, ChatGPT, I think it was uh, your wife was trying to get it to, because we were so new to this. I think he was our first guest. So we were trying to figure out like what questions we should ask Ethan. Oh, I remember right? that. Yeah, yeah. I watched And it was that. saying like weird things like, oh, famous actor Ethan <laughs> Mini, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because and like, we're like what? on like, its end, it's doing like a little Google search. Yeah. It sees his IMDb page yeah, exactly. and it thinks he's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like asking him all these irrelevant questions of him being an actor when Ethan's right. not an actor. Right. Yeah. He's, a youtuber right like he just kind of goes about his business and recreates content of filming abandoned mansions but i don't know man i can see a lot of weird it, it has a long way to go I, I can see a big future for ai doing some positive and probably negative things at the same time um but there's a very very long way to go before yeah. we before we see it in in programming or, or coding there is uh a saying or a phrase i don't know what you would call it but they say like garbage in garbage out mm, so like yeah. if you put garbage into your algorithm it's gonna spit garbage out exactly. so like that's the same with chat gpt like you yeah. have to really um prompt it and prep it properly right. yeah, yeah it to get like a a good quality answer that's yeah right. so yeah that is uh ai and uh on that note i think that is pretty much it for this show did you have anything else you wanted to talk about oh i think we covered it yeah thank you man thank you for coming yeah out. thanks for coming out it was a pleasure um, yeah you got to escape toronto for a little bit and come back to your old neck of the woods yeah i mean it's, i know this is a little bit of a different area but it's always <laughs> always good to see you guys yeah there's sure. uh as as you get older you have like a couple people in your life that mm -hmm. like you you see every now and then and like yeah. You don't need to see them all the time yeah. to know that yeah. like you're still like homies you know yeah, exactly right. i mean everybody's so busy nowadays but i feel like when you do see those people you kind of cherish and and remember those moments for a very long time um and that's kind of like what's a little bit special about doing this show is um that it's like it's very it, at first everybody kind of thinks it's going to be like very difficult to do um especially if they're not used to being on camera and whatnot but you start to kind of forget that the cameras are even there 
right and it's just like having a normal old conversation like as if you know back in the old days when we were having the shop and um blasting random music um in the shop and just being idiots because that's literally what we would do half the time but <laughs> yeah you kind of cherish those moments so always remember your good old friends back home and um yeah that's pretty much it for this smash the like button subscribe if you're new um go and follow everybody here i will leave all the links in the description below um yeah all good yeah super good all right let's uh head on out and uh we'll see you guys in the next one love you Bye.